New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. Hey, it's Jerry the King Lawler, and you're tuned in to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I don't know why you are, but you are. Amazing, says some guy. These men have changed broadcasting forever. The Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, oh, no, I can't afford Skype. I don't know, the, the, the baseball analogy. Oh, the, uh, yeah, come on, I just think uh, well, Yaki Ga, I don't speak Japan, and you f***ing people. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, f*** you, DT. Wah! Wah! What do you think about that, Kev? Oh, well, uh, Batista's pretty f***ing sexy, and, uh, did I mention Roman Reigns gives me a boner? And, uh, yeah, um... Uh, 1980s baseball and wrestling was better than What's up, everybody? It is May 11th, 2020. See, I fixed the musical intro. It is the Don Tony Show. Oh, my God. Now I fucked it up. I'm not going to play the music again. All right. It's Monday night, May 11th, 2020. Welcome to this edition of the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. Oh, boy. What what a discombobulated night of television. But, uh, you know, we're going to give everybody a good show. I am Don Tony, as always, and joining along with me is... That other guy, Kevin. <laughs> that other guy. Mm-hmm. I, You know what it is? I'm just like... I was in Don Tony mode Friday, and I was just all weekend, just just everything has been scattered. Just so many shows, one after the other after the other. Did one Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Sunday. today. But, uh, you know, we got some very interesting things to talk about. Uh, for those that did not get a chance yet, make sure to check out our Money in the Bank pay-per-view recap that we did uh, Sunday night, about 90 minutes worth, got into um, the main event matches as best we could, got into the other matches as well, and, uh, you know, I think 24 hours later, do we both agree that our views of last night's uh, pay-per-view remain pretty much the same? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so, um, hey, look... Uh, we got obviously Raw to talk about big announcement that happened tonight on Raw. Um, we're also going to talk about the arrest of Alberto Del Rio. I think it's pretty safe to say that his WWE career is over. Pro wrestling career might be over. You know, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but, um, 
Look, there was uh, some big rumors that were going on earlier today. And, um, you know, a lot of people, including yours truly, was not sure if it was true or not. And uh, the buzz going around was that Becky Lynch was pregnant with child and she was going to announce today on Raw that she was forfeiting the title. And rumor has it that Asuka was going to be the, the champion. Now, a couple of things that people may not have thought about leading into this. Uh, Becky Lynch had already done an interview with People Magazine. It's online. She talks about, you know, when she got engaged with Seth Rollins, I think it was like August of last year. And she talks about how, uh, when she first found out that she was pregnant. Now, when the Money in the Bank two ladder matches were recorded in Connecticut back on April 15th, Apparently, Becky Lynch did not know at that time that she was pregnant. That is why there was no stipulation of the title being in the briefcase, nothing of the sort. They did that original ladder match with the thinking that whoever it was was going to be confronting Becky Lynch and maybe set up something. Now, before we talk about it, you know, one thing you and I discussed yesterday that the only reason we were kind of confused with Oscar winning the briefcase is because they just had this storyline with Becky and Oscar, and it just didn't make sense to see that happen again, uh, you know, with, without some type of a twist. Now, Friday, when I did the Don Tony show and got into predictions, I said, you know, the fact that Becky Lynch, who's a Raw wrestler, a Raw champion, they advertised that they were, she was going to confront the winner of the briefcase. That kind of gave it away that the winner was not going to be a SmackDown woman. Because why would Becky Lynch challenge the winner of the briefcase on Raw? Again, if a SmackDown person won, it should be the opposite. The SmackDown wrestler shows up on Raw. Maybe she teases cashing in on Raw. She teases cashing in on SmackDown. Hell, maybe she teases cashing in on Charlotte. Right. But today on Raw, um, we had uh, the opening. Becky Lynch comes out, and she's pretty much in tears. So we pretty much realize that she is going away for an extended period of time. Yeah. S- still not sure if she was pregnant. Always the chance maybe it's injury. If you go back and you rewatch the beginning of it, the way that she was talking, like, it, it, it felt like she was very let down about something. It, it gave right. the aura that maybe she got some type of a serious injury or a medical condition other than pregnancy that we didn't know about. Go back and watch it. It, it She was talking like it was a down. But then she um, brought out Asuka, and the briefcase was in the middle of the ring. And I had tweeted, like, ah, you know, wouldn't it be something if that, women's championship is inside the briefcase. And basically, Becky is talking to Asuka. She opens up the briefcase. Apparently, the reason why Asuka never opened is because she didn't know the combination. Uh, But Becky reveals the title, and she says, while you be, be a warrior with the championship, I will be a mother. And uh, that's pretty much what happened. So Becky Lynch has relinquished the Raw Women's Championship. Oscar is now the champion. 
congratulations to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. And uh, your thoughts on this announcement, not only of the pregnancy, but the fact that, you know, Becky Lynch, for the foreseeable future, her career is pretty close to being done. I would say so, too. I, on Twitter, it was uh, like a tale of two cities on there. The older people who, even if they don't have kids, guys like me and you, Mario Draper's age, Joey, Mish, uh, you know, late 30s, 40s, 50s, who kind of know what it entails when you have a kid and what, especially a first kid. And Becky's not, uh, uh, Becky's not that young. 33. Over 33, okay. I mean, in the age group. But uh, what it's going to have take to have a first kid, uh, she might really fall in love with being a mother. It might not be back. Other people were like, uh, 12 to 16 months she'll be back. And I'm like, where are they getting these estimations from? And people are like, she'll be back but within less than a year. That's uh, why I don't pay attention to those goops. No, 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 I get it. But, you know, you you gotta you interact with people, and you're asking why do you think that. And like, well, you know, she's going she's gonna to retain her. She'll get her spot back. I'm like, a lot happens in a year. And, again, for a first child, a lot of people decide, you know, this is motherhoods for me. I'm not going to be back. If you remember, a woman named Trish Stratus decided that. Uh, so, again, we don't know what her mindset is or what her and Seth planned or whatever. Uh, but she might be gone for good. And we're not saying that, oh, being dicks, negative, negative. No, no. It's it, The fact of the matter is it, it, this might be for her and she might get into acting. There was talk that she's getting movie roles and stuff. That might segue. Her schedule would more gel with being an actress and doing spot appearances on television or a movie here and there than it would to be in the wrestling ring. And she doesn't have to take bumps. You know what I'm saying? So we don't know how she's going to deal with having a first kid, how, how she's going to be, how she's going to deal with the pregnancy. Uh, we wish her well, and that's great news for her. I think it cuts uh, a, a top person career very short in the in the annals of history she would have been on top for a year and change she was over for a year and a half champion for a year and a month um you know that's it's not a flash in the pan it's a flash in the pan at the top of the food chain it's not her career is not a flash in the pan she put in her time been here since 2013 uh you know in the in developmental system and she's put in her time um but i would have thought maybe she would have maybe watched something like this from or preventing something like this from happening it's a little bit later uh but maybe i, I don't know maybe like Wait, I said, you I said prevented from happening no, yeah maybe like no not wanting to have a kid right now while she's at the top of her game in her prime that's what i'm saying well, um you know I, I guess but who knows what couples discuss i mean i was tell you the truth dt i didn't hear the rumors about what you heard today you said you had heard about it uh, that she might be pregnant. I didn't know anything about the people thing till after it happened. Uh, so I was pleasantly well, surprised when I was watching it. So uh, I was totally caught off guard with that announcement. I knew she was opening the show, but I didn't know about the pregnancy thing. Yeah. But uh, again, I guess, you know, this was a, a couple's decision and this is what she wants to do. I wish her well, but I don't know if she can retain her spot back. I think that's wishful thinking. Who knows? Uh, Tessa Blanchard could be the number one girl in the WWE a year from now. We don't know who's going to be here or what's going to happen. Uh, other people are saying this would be the ideal time to have a kid because God knows when they're going to go back to crowds and this would be a time to take off. I, I don't know uh, about all that, but you know, uh, it's you know, not, all it's, I know. Let me, let me well, let me just say this. Yeah, go ahead, I, sure, I, think, sure. I think that I, I think that uh, again, the only kind of shame about this is all they've kind of put into Becky Lynch, and she was a, a real, she was one of the faces of the company. Um, so I don't know. I'm they're happy for her, but I'm sure there's something not just Vince, but some of the people are like. 
oh, fuck, this, you know, we, we really need her now more than ever because they're hurting right now. DT, they're hurting for star power, and they lost a major, major player here. Out of the blue, when you really think about it. Well, this is how I look at it. You know, um, most of those people are saying that absolutely stupid shit online. Number one, don't even have boyfriends or girlfriends. So anybody out there that makes comments like that, the first thing I usually do is I go and look at their profile to see if they have been in that situation or can relate to it. And, you know, once I realized that almost 100% of those people saying that stuff don't have kids, aren't involved in a relationship, I just, you know, move on and talk to people with a brain with this. The thing is that none of us know the personal life of Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. Becky has been saying a few times recent year, year or two that she would love to have kids. She's 33 years old already. Um, as far as, you know, them needing star power right now, I've been talking about this for a good month or so, you know, her not competing all that much recently is not a a new thing. You go back to November, half of her championship run, she has wrestled on Raw since November for in a singles match. What was it like three times? She she's defended the title, I think, nine times or eight times in the entire 400 plus days. They have been utilizing her very, very thin for quite some time. As far as her and Seth Rollins, none of us know what is discussed behind closed doors. None of us know what is said in the bedroom. Um, As far as her getting pregnant now, um, you know, we don't know if this was planned or if this was unexpected. And I and I just think as far as personal choices, you know, I, I, I even myself, I don't have kids and I don't no. know what it feels like to want to have kids and you don't want to wait too long. But any of us speculating, guessing, and this, this, and that, I just think is, you know, out of our pay league, everybody that's tuning in right now. Um, she is still very young that she can come back and wrestle. You know, I think of Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, you know, I, Nikki well, more Bella, of the Brie neck Bella. issues, but Brie Bella, you know, she would love if she had the, the opportunity and, you know, wasn't so... You know, unfortunately, uh, I don't even know how to say it. You know, you don't want to say green, but sometimes you lose it and it never comes back. The air goes out of the bubble and, and the balloon and you can't blow it back up. It, it there, Beth Phoenix that. has kids. Beth Phoenix has wrestled. We There have been women who have had... Long time, long, long time after, though, DP. Right, but what, but what I'm saying is, is that for people to say, oh, she's never coming back again, or to say, oh, she'll be back in a year and a half... Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But one thing is for certain, whether it's two years from now, five years from now, she's still going to be less than 40 years old. There's no reason why having a mania match, and and we need to understand something too. You know, we're going to talk about part one of The Undertaker last ride later on, Mm -hmm. which I thought was fabulous. I watched it twice last night. I couldn't sleep. But, um, you know, 
when you see Undertaker preparing for WrestleMania, and I'm not trying to be a jerk right now, but when you see Undertaker preparing for WrestleMania matches, or even Edge coming back, or you know, the the type of match that you see a man doing on a comeback is much different than a female on a comeback. And what I mean by that is, you know, who is you're not going to see Becky, you know, like going through tables and just going through insane beatings, you know, which it, it, it this women's matches are a lot simpler than male matches. That's just the way it is. So Becky Lynch, without a doubt, can return to the ring down the line. And my gut feeling tells me that, you know, there's no reason why that can't happen. But for now, I just personally think, you know, just real life, you know, comes first. And I just congratulate Becky and Seth Rollins. That's a wonderful thing to have. That'll be a really cool Christmas gift for them because she found out that she was pregnant, uh, I think, mid to late April. And she's been pregnant since March. So she's due to give birth sometime around Christmas. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I also thought about today is Ronda Rousey. You know, Ronda Rousey had a memorable first nine months or so in WWE. And we all thought that she was leaving last year to go have babies. I don't believe that has happened yet. But, you know, Ronda Rousey, if she decides not to have children right now, there's always that possibility that she could come back. You know, I just personally think that WWE in my opinion, as far as women's wrestling goes. We've kind of talked about this on all of the shows. You've done it, I've done it, Mish, Soup, everybody. But when it came to like Charlotte, Becky, Ronda Rousey, WWE knew they caught lightning in the bottle that that would be something that could be WrestleMania main event caliber quality. Right. You know, you take away that element. Charlotte, to me, is still... the the, the, the number one woman in wrestling for the last 10 years plus easy. But the thing is, is that as far as the man and the popularity she had, I know it's not as huge as what it was maybe a year ago, but I just don't see anybody else on the horizon that could fill those shoes you look at the current roster, you look at people who are heels, you look at people who are up and coming. And, you know, let's also be honest that four or five years ago, yours truly used to make fun of Becky mumble mouth and, you know, just, could, you know, so nobody in a million years ever expected Becky to become as big as she was. I don't know if those shoes will ever be filled. So I think, you know, for the foreseeable future, we will have an extremely talented women's division without a doubt. Yeah. But as far as someone to be on the level of popularity and, you know, crossing into entertainment, I don't know if anybody's ever going to fill that anytime soon. So, you know, I just, I wish her the best. I wish Seth Rollins the best. Um, What'd you think of the way to use Seth Rollins tonight? Uh, I was okay. Well, it was funny that at first 
Seth Rollins wasn't part of the celebration. They didn't, she didn't mention him in the thing. Obviously, then they went backstage and everybody was there. I was wondering if he was going to come out. Everybody knows in a relationship. It's not like kayfabe or anything. But uh, they didn't really mention him much about the whole thing with the baby, which I thought was funny. If you don't mind, I think one of the, the funniest comments uh, was uh, Shayna Baszler's uh, promo on Becky. How funny was that? I tell you the truth. I wrote on Twitter earlier I swear to God, I'm not even joking when I say this. And I think who's is King Merck. I think you'd probably be the first one I do it for. And I say that with love, my friend. But I wish Shayna Baszler would open a cameo. If she opened a cameo and charged money for cameo videos, I would work overtime just to give her a list of people on social media and just pay her to just go on video and say, how stupid were your parents to get pregnant and give birth to somebody like you? I mean, she could be the MJF of the women's division. Now, WWE is not going to have her doing middle fingers or anything like that, but a cold-hearted bitch, the reason why that gets over on social media is because the most outspoken people on social media are the ones who complain and try to be stand-up comedians and insult all day long. So this goes right in their wheelhouse. You know, personally, you know, I, I love the fact that Becky signed off on this. You know, she is fine with Shayna, you know, doing what she said earlier. Um... And it wasn't I wasn't a shoot. Oh, it wasn't a shoot. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Shayna Baszler. Did you know, see know, know, the WWE <laughs> Network special on Shayna Baszler? I didn't get to watch it. That's on my list. I was I watched Taker and I watched the Triple H thing the other day. So I didn't get to watch it yet. That I'm going to watch. I saw that's on my my list, but I didn't know that she was that. Give this girl a mic. We're, we're all you know cage well, fighter and know, fighting skills, but she's she's good on. That was, I mean, that was pretty funny. It's like, how stupid do you have to be to get knocked up by the world champion? I mean, that was that was pretty funny. I thought that was like quote of the night. And then right. uh, what she said to Natty, what do you know about having kids? I mean, yeah, that was but, funny. But she's been doing insults like that for a couple of years now. It's just different topics. Well, this was, uh, making, fun of, making fun of someone who just made the announcement of having a baby, one of the top people. That was a pretty good jab to take at her. Yeah, you know, that, that, that fits good. her character perfectly. Great, you know, and it'll get her over. It'll get her over because everyone was was talking about it. Yeah, when everybody was hugging Becky Lynch in the back, you know, all baby faces. You know, the Seth Rollins, the usage of Seth Rollins today, I loved it because Seth Rollins is arguably the number one heel on Raw. They're trying him to be the number one heel on Raw. So, you know, for the sake of the character. You know, you don't want to have that human emotion as far as television goes. Do I expect to see a TMZ video with Becky and Seth? Absolutely. Will we see a little bit of Seth out of character online? Absolutely. But as far as television goes, this is an entertainment show. So they spent a lot of time today talking about Becky because she is arguably the most popular wrestler on the roster if you want to dispute that then the most popular female on the roster and they invested a boatload of fucking money energy and time in the last year and a half so this was a major tribute this was her tribute you know this so seth not going in character you know out of character i thought was exactly the way to go 
And I loved it when he came out during his matches. And he's looking like, you know, what the fuck? He had the look on his face like he had no idea that she was pregnant. Like, he just went out there and he's like, you know, that's that reminds me of like, almost like Raven. Because we talked about the storyline with Bueller and Dreamer and Raven back in 1995 or 6 with ECW. You know, when he found out that Bueller was pregnant and Bueller was pregnant with Tommy Dreamer, he would come out for his matches after that and just look very despondent. So Seth Rollins being shocked about the pregnancy, sure, it's not the same storyline, but him looking around despondent and then snapping... And in the case of tonight, ripping Rey Mysterio's eye, you know, I I just, I thought it fit perfectly, you know. Save the real life stuff for TMZ and People Magazine. The cameras are rolling. Don't sh- even allow a tiny little bit of human emotion to let in Seth Rollins's character life right now. I, I thought it was great. Yeah, it was good. It was good. And the match itself with hurting Ray and stuff, uh, that was not. But Ray is always getting beat down. Poor Ray Mysterio is always something always bad. The fuck is, is Callisto when you need him, man? <laughs> What's Callisto? Seriously, if Seth ripped here? both of Callisto's eyes out, I'm telling you, I'd probably blow a load, man. I, I can't stand that guy. Jesus, I say that jokingly, you know. But um, hey, you know why I liked what they did to Mysterio today too. I guess we could segue into this for a minute. We'll get back to Becky later. Um, the announcement, uh, sort of the wild card has returned, you know, because they figure they got SmackDown guys there. They, why not, you know, do a little bit of the wild card rule. This time it's actually called the brand to brand invitation. And after Drew McIntyre beat Andrade tonight, which I thought was a pretty good match. Yeah, not bad. Didn't they just fight like a couple of weeks ago? I thought they did, but now <laughs> Drew has just decimated Zelina's whole crew. I, yeah. I thought they were going to be a top trio there, and it looks like they're just fodder for Drew McIntyre. Yeah. But um, after Drew McIntyre beat Andrade, he gets on the microphone and he says that uh, there was a brand to brand invitation. And that somebody from SmackDown who he knows very well and he can't stand is coming to Raw to fight him. Mm. And I'm like, all right, you know, I don't mind the wild card rule. You know, it just makes that whole drafting with Fox versus USA Network kind of goofy looking back on it. But um, they announced Corbin is coming to Raw. Yeah. And my first reaction is, is that, you know, who the fuck really wants to see King Corbin like more than one time a week? You know, if you're going to bring people to Raw or SmackDown, you know, why don't you do it interactive? You re- you tape every two weeks, put a poll up on WWE.com, let the WWE Universe vote on like four or five different people. And who would you like to see Drew McIntyre face in a brand-to-brand invitation two weeks from now? And let the fans vote. At least you know that the person that he faces is somebody that people wanted to see. But um, now we got fucking Corbin on Raw next week. And the reason, getting back to Mysterio, why I love that is because 
I always try to think outside the box. How asinine and stupid would it look next week? All right, maybe in storyline, they didn't know that Corbin was at Raw tonight. But how stupid would it be next week if Rey Mysterio and Alistair Black are at Raw and they don't come out trying to beat the balls off of Baron Corbin for almost trying to commit double homicide last night at Money in the Bank? Exactly. You know, so Rey Mysterio with his eye ripped out, he's probably not going to be on Raw next week. Um, well, it- what do you it's think? Funny, it's funny because I would have had I not known, and you saw earlier. I believe Ray resigned, right, with uh, WWE. Uh, yeah. from what I read, uh, and if I didn't know that, I would have thought this was an angle to get Ray off of TV for an indeterminate amount of time because maybe he wasn't, or it was a way to write him off TV. So that's why I thought it was strange that they did an angle like this with him tonight. He just resigned with the company, um, so I'm not sure what the end game is there. Uh, and of course, Baron Corbin explained on his promo with. Uh, your girl, Charlie Caruso, they look very good tonight, by the way, um, that he threw those two and they fell to a, a six feet below to a secondary tier. I guess he had to explain it in case anybody actually thought it. Yeah. And, he, and it was funny. He goes, well, they're here tonight. They obviously are okay. <laughs> you know, so that was kind of funny. He told Charlie, they, they're here. So obviously they, they're, they're fine. But uh, I don't. I think you're right. You know, like they used to, what was that pay-per-view or the years ago they used to do TT without the fans vote for somebody? Oh, Taboo uh, Tuesday. Tab- uh, oh, Taboo Tuesday? Yeah, yeah. And they cyber the, or something. Cyber, cyber, cyber Tuesday. Monday, man. Yeah, something, yeah, something like, that. like that. And you have the fans vote. I mean, but I like that idea of a fan vote. Uh, make it interactive. Make it fun for the fans. Do a, a top three. Cyber Sunday. Have, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Something like that. But they had the the voting thing, and it was supposedly legit. Um, and have that done. Yeah. Especially in today's technology, today's day and age, make it interactive. Especially what's going on now, the boredom that people have at home. Uh, get people online. Get them interactive and vote in who you want to see face Drew McIntyre. That'll make people watch probably more. That's a good idea, DT. Could do that with Strowman, too. That's a great idea, actually. I think it's a good idea. I mean, it's uh, pretty easy for them to do. They're all competing in the same building. It's not like yeah. Raw's in Anaheim and SmackDown's in Texas. They're all in Florida. I so, like the idea. I, I wish you'd maybe send them an email about that. That's a great idea if, yeah. if everybody's listening to this. Yeah. Um, yeah, make it interactive. Again, this would be the time to do it. Why not? Yeah. Can't hurt, especially with the ratings the way they are. Uh, I, I think the only reason why they did that with Raw tonight is to, you know, to extend the character of Seth, like just totally like, you know, despondent because of him finding out that he was pregnant, his, his, yeah. you know, his fiance's pregnant. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, the only mention of it really was Ray, and that's why he flipped out on Ray. But I, I thought that r- the ripping of the eye was Paul Heyman trying to explain, you know, okay, um, Corbin's going to be on Raw next week. Uh, it's going to look kind of stupid if Ray's here and he doesn't try to gain revenge for what Corbin did yesterday. So if Ray's okay. taken out with an injury, you know, that explains why Ray is not here next week to try to gain revenge on Corbin. I don't know what happens with Alistair Black, though. makes me think that if Alistair Black is on Raw next week, maybe something happens to Alistair Black early in the night, so this way when Corbin comes out for his match, we don't have a thousand people on Twitter saying, oh, come on, Mr. Black's not coming out and trying to gain revenge. Corbin almost killed him a week ago. So um, I think that was the reason why they did that. Yeah. So but that was, it was good. It was good to get raw. I mean, we'll, we'll break it down more, but uh, I thought it was overall an entertaining uh, raw today, much better than the last few weeks of reviewing raw. And let's, if we can go back a little bit, DT, 
What'd you think of uh, Oscar's reaction to getting the title, and then her reaction to uh, Becky? Joe, I, you, you know, like, it, like it, it, you like the goofball Oscar. I mean, I, I we talked oh, about. I, it. I love it, man. She's, inter- she's entertaining. People, some people are upset that she's not being the great Muda version female. That she's not this killer assassin uh, that she used to be. That uh, she's too comedic now. Who's she gonna but, kill? But she looks like she's having a good time, though. I mean, that's the whole thing. I don't think it doesn't look forced upon her. And now her reaction tonight to the belt, uh, Joey Numbers was just talking about in the chat. It, it, it is, you know, it's how can you not like it? I mean, I, I think it's uh, this is what Oscar is now. I think this is, you know, what she's going to be. And she's not that, you know, methodical killer anymore. She's still very dangerous in the ring. I don't think it's changed her style at all. It's just I think she's added some color to her character. That's Listen. All. You know, it makes me laugh when I see people say that online. And meanwhile, they never pay any attention to the women in Japan. They don't pay attention to other women's promotions that have some very fucking talented women there. You know, this is world wrestling entertainment. And Asuka is not spectacular with English. So they have to compromise. And... I've said this a thousand times before. This prolongs Asuka's career. There's no reason why Asuka has to kill her fucking body right now. You know, if she can get over and have that connection with the fans and she don't even have to say a word of English, that is extremely rare in the history of pro wrestling. I mean, you had Funaki where he would go... Indeed, you know, like, or you had Tajiri that got a little, you know, pretty over with the William Regal stuff more than anything. But, you know, this just, it gives an extension of Oscar. Now, the thing with Kyrie Sane is, you know, where does this lead? You know, does Kyrie Sane get jealous of Oscar? Or this is why I don't think, you know, when people say, oh, well, Oscar will never be the monster again. Depends on who she could feud with. I personally think, you know, Asuka, if, if, if there's no, with Becky gone, someone has to become a, a big baby face on Raw. Uh, sorry, Natty, I just don't think she fits it after all of these years. Nah. I'm not saying it's Asuka, but Asuka has a much bigger connection with the fans than Kyrie Sane does. And, you know, one side says to me that Oscar will be very selfish with the belt and, you know, like not share it with her friend, you know. But at the same time, though, if Oscar, you know, ends up acting more like a heel again, like who's the big baby face? You know, you, you Bianca Belair, she doesn't have that connection yet. I'm not saying she can't be, but, you know, Charlotte's a heel. Nia Jax's a heel. Shayna Baszler's a heel. I mean, there's, you really don't have anybody to fit that spot. Now, you know, so I have no problem with how they use an Oscar. You know, I mean, what would you all rather have? One of the Iconics to beat Oscar? I mean, what do people want? You know, if this gives a comical and it prolongs a career and she's having fun and she doesn't have to kill her fucking body, you know, it... Why are people complaining at this? I don't I don't understand it. Like, tell me who she could feud with where she could be a monster right now, you know? Yeah, I think it's just, uh, again, you know, people see someone in, in a certain light for a long time, and then they change. And I didn't know, by the way, Oscar's 38. It'll be 39 in yeah. September. Wow, okay. Um, so I, she's been around a long time. 
So yeah, you're right. At this age and stage, and I think Oscar's got kids. If I'm not correct, uh, probably this is the way to go for her to prolong her career, like you said, to do these uh, over-the-top moves and stuff. She's in another phase of her career, and uh, again, it's much better. Uh, and she's connecting more to the fans now too. I think Oscar was always respected a year or two ago by the fans, but you know, she's not, not exactly a lot of people rocking Oscar shirts and signs. It, she was respected, but she wasn't over over. Uh, now I think she'll be when live crowds come back more. I think they'll enjoy her because we said she's been the MVP of Raw and of these shows, and and I think people have have recognized that for her, and I think she'll get. Some good ovations, heel or babyface. When they get back to live crowds, I think Oscar's going to be more over than we've ever seen him before. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I know some people were kind of annoyed that they just handed her the title. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. I I don't know well, why. Well, Becky could never, she could never match. I mean, could Becky be clear to even get no, it rolled no. up? Could, it, could Becky even get the roll, the, 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 the bad roll up like uh, Austin did to Owen Hart back at those? Why would anybody want that? I don't, you know what I mean, DT, to make it official that she got pinned and you know what I mean. People would be in an uproar. A woman that's pregnant for possibly two months, you know, agrees to be in any type of a match at all. I, I, I have no problem with the way they did this. I thought it was actually pretty creative the way they played it off that the people in the match yesterday did not, I mean, look, the match was taped, you know, over uh, yeah, uh, yeah. three weeks ago. But, you know, playing off that, the women in the match did not realize that them winning the briefcase, which was much more than just the briefcase, you know, it's a creative way to do this. So I have no objection with it whatsoever. Um, now, no, I do it, have objection. Someone, someone, excuse me, did someone would have won the a belt anyway and, old, and certain money in the bank things, you know, something's on the line. It might as well be the title. That, there was no other way to go. You're right. If, I mean, Oscar won, and that's it. it. If they would have done anything different, even if WWE knew back on April 15th, that means they would have been, had to announce her pregnancy on April 15th. And people need to remember something. I'm not trying to be a dick when I say this, but I'm just telling you like it is because I always try to think one step ahead. What was the exact championship reign of Becky Lynch? What is her reign end at right now since she lost the title technically tonight? Anybody in the chat have the exact number of days? It's right around 400. So 399. Okay, uh, mystery. Uh, yeah, one fall says, yeah, Nick, everybody. 399. Okay. So obviously they were trying to go for beyond 400 and i and i just said it last week and yesterday you know they were they felt a lot like the nikki bella rain yeah. but here's the thing if they would have known about it before they filmed the ladder matches that means her title reign yes it still would have been 398 because it would have been yesterday but technically everybody would have thought you know, okay, the minute they make the announcement, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like, they re they taped it April 15th. Now, a lot of fans don't know it was taped April 15th, but, you know, if they would have known it back then, you know, then they may have had to have made the announcement back then. Maybe it would have leaked out. Again, you know, I'm, I've said this before. The empty buildings right now, shows everybody online that 96% of all the websites out there 
have this for sources. This is what they got for sources because nobody knows anything. Even earlier, what you, oh, here's a great one. Oh, this was a fucking great one. Go to Ringside News. Go to all these fucking jerk-offs today that said that they got exclusive news today. Exclusive. And I even tweeted about it because I knew. I knew this was going to happen. Exclusive news that they got directly from their sources that WWE was going to address Sami Zayn's championship run today since he's not appearing on television. Uh, did that fucking happen? Did it happen? I didn't. Did it happen? No. no, it didn't happen. And then I realized, you know where they got it from? I think it was Hugo Savinovich. He's got like a, a Latino wrestling rumors website, and it's all written in Spanish. Oh, Hugo's still around? Jesus. I think so. It's either him or somebody. It was somebody like that. But about forty years. Jesus. Yeah, I don't. I don't speak Spanish, but no, you know. But I did a little research, and I said, Ah, oh, here we go. Forty-five minutes earlier. He writes in Spanish that rumor has it that Sam they're gonna address Sami Zayn's title situation on Raw. So all of a sudden, ringside goops and all these others, oh, our direct sources are telling us exclusively that Sam they just fucking read the tweet. They they went and did a Google translation. Oh, and that's our sources. People are realizing now, and we mentioned it last night. People are realizing now that all of these people who claim that they had all these sources have none, never had any. They read tweets. They're just constantly, you know, getting emails or Google alerts when something's written about a particular person. And then they try to post it before everyone else saying, see, we got the exclusive scoop. What happened with the Sami Zayn stuff? Nothing. 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 Um, can we talk about the Iconics? You know yeah. why I want to talk about the Iconics, right? Uh, well, tell me why, and then I'll <laughs> I'll be honest and say I knew that. Um, they were on a moment to piss. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, it was truly an iconic moment to piss. Oh, that's true. Oh, you didn't you didn't see it then? No, um, I saw it. No, I saw it. I what I said a couple of weeks ago, just taking an estimated guess when there was no contenders for the title. Like, well, the Iconics had come back, and I told you that. Peyton, I was following her on Instagram. She changed her hair color. Looked like she was changing up her gimmick a little bit. And then I heard the music. I'm like, I knew it. They were going to come out. Now I was thinking Billy Kay was going to look different, but she looked the same. Peyton looked different. She looked good. Uh, but uh, And I made a comment. I'm glad they brushed up on their wrestling and their act while they were away for months. But it was the same old shit. They got the win tonight, but uh, that match was just drizzling shits. Well, you'd actually, you're probably kind of happy that you're not about to see this, but for quite some time now, I have been moxing, mocking Alexa Bliss's segment. It's called A Moment of Bliss. I don't have anything against her personally, and I've said many times before, I, I like her. I, she's very inspirational. I don't think she's all that spectacular in the ring. But, you know, I, I root for her, and she's definitely improved. With that said, I have joked many times before that her segments are not a moment of bliss. It's a moment to piss. And, you know, the, tonight we had the Iconics as uh, they're confronting a moment to piss. And I was like, you know, wow, this is truly an iconic moment to piss. And I was like, I suddenly had this crazy urge to go take a leak. 
So I decided to get my camera and I decided to record this. Think I'm kidding? Think I'm joking? Obviously I have to do this PG, but this truly is an iconic moment to piss. Very true. The fuck you giving me on Raw tonight? Exactly, man. Fucking the Iconics, after all this stuff, they suck. They still suck. I actually took an Iconic moment to piss tonight while they were on. That's not a a bad stream for a middle-aged man. (laughs) You know, I actually had a few people say to me, like, you know, wow, you know, maybe you need to go to, like, the proctologist or something. But no, that's a normal. That's normal, guys. For middle-aged guys, that's I. I can. I can attest. Yeah. That's for me, myself too. Think I'm kidding? <laughs> Think I'm joking? That's a first. Obviously, I have to do this PG, but this truly is an iconic moment to piss. Ah shit! Ah, ah that sucks. But as long as, uh, as, long as, you didn't, as long as as long as you weren't pain taking a piss, then we would have been concerned about you. Yeah. I got it one more time for everybody. That's funny. Oh, there's no audio. Ah, it kind of sucks. I'm sure. I'm sure everybody's like, "Ah, that's good." Oh, too bad. Think I'm kidding? There it is. Think I'm joking? Obviously, I have to do this PG, but this truly is an iconic moment to piss. Fuck you giving me on Raw tonight. Is this segment over yet? Alright, Pete, almost 30 seconds. Jesus Christ. Holy shit. It's like 34 seconds. Wow. Lozen wasn't burning. Yeah, so uh, it, it truly was an iconic moment to piss. I'm sorry for the lack of production quality on this. You know, like I said, you know, I'm still getting the hang of the video stuff here. But uh, yeah, did you did you look up uh, how to get the audio good for urination on the show? No, I just grabbed my phone and I just made sure that you know my Johnson wasn't hanging out in the bathroom mirror when I walked in there, and I actually played it back first to make sure that there wasn't any nudity or anything like that. And I made sure that the phone stood above the toilet seat. So I didn't want anybody to get overly offended to it. I just figured the audio would be enough. And that was a legitimate piss. I mean, some people like to. Yeah, I mean, some people like to pour like a glass of water in the toilet, make it sound like they're pissing. Trust me, I don't think there's any way to do that for like 36 seconds, you know. So, but um, I thought it was very predictable today. The only way you're going to give that suspension and disbelief that the Iconics have any legitimate shot at possibly beating Cross and Bliss for those belts is they got to win a non-title match. Happens with the fucking Viking Raiders and the the Street Profits. It happens with fucking everybody. It'll happen with uh, the Forgotten Sons of Bitches and New Day. It oh, there's always a non-title, and it, and the, the the team wins, and then oh, it leads to it. You're gonna see the Iconics versus a moment to piss at Backlash. Yeah, wasn't a gimmick piss, George, but uh, 
What do you think about them bringing back Backlash? I don't remember hearing that name for a couple of years, Backlash. Something to do, something something different to uh, inject into a very boring situation right now with wrestling. So that doesn't. I mean, whatever you know, whatever Backlash. As long as they have some decent matches on there, like I said, we weren't hating on the pay per view last night. So if it's a decent lineup, they put on a decent show. I'm all for it. What do you think of the Iconics overall, though? At first, when they first came on the scene, I liked them because I thought they were kind of cutesy. They were annoying, but they were cute. There was something different. Then they, they just were all gimmick. They were all talk. And once they got to the ring, there was nothing there. It was once the bell rang, it, it was it was over. Um, they had some flashes. I, and you would figure, you know, Peyton would get better. She's married to a pretty good wrestler. Ty Dillinger, they work out on Instagram all the time. They train in the ring together. I don't know why she's not getting better. And Billy Kay is probably one of the worst wrestlers in the company she really is and i don't want to hate on either of the two girls i understand they're sweethearts in real life they're very nice uh people but uh they're just not getting it and again they're away from the ring can you be better when you come back when you take all that amount of time off why are you just as bad i don't understand that shouldn't you be better shouldn't you be honing your craft and getting your gimmick better they look great from a, a, a cosmetic but in, in ring, it looks like they're just not getting better. And if this is the best they got in the tag team division, those tag team belts don't mean shit. See, I look at it like a job. You know, it, it, you got a, a company, any type of company, and you're looking to promote someone, you know, and you're discussing, like, who could possibly get a promotion. I, I think it would be very... Um, it would be very ignorant to give somebody a promotion because they're a likable person. Um, I sure. I mean, wrestling you can keep is, a job. Though. You can keep a job, though, sometimes, DT, if you're a likable person. Sure, of course, yeah. because, yeah. you know, you can... Obviously, look, the fact that the Iconics are in WWE, they obviously have some talent. The problem is, yeah. is that there's so many other people that have a lot more talent. And the thing is, is that I think this is kind of... And no disrespect intended for our international friends tuning in, but... I don't think anybody would deny this. WWE has gone out of their way to sign people for the last bunch of years, uh, sometimes based on what country they're coming from and actually their ability. They want to be the melting pot. You know, you look at sometimes you feel like there's more people that are from overseas on TV than there are inside the United States. They wanted people represented in almost every country. You know, they have signed some people from some countries and you see them in the ring. And it's like, you know, if great if you cut off great Kali's legs and, you know, if you took great Kali and cut his legs off and then he faced giant Gonzalez without his legs or his arms, I think they both would wrestle better than some of the people they have signed in some other countries. They never make it to television. They don't even perform in NXT. You know, some people, you look at them, you're like, okay, I could see aesthetically why they may have signed some people, but there's some people you see them sign from certain countries and like, the f you know, what is this? You know, I mean, they just, they were more concerned about having almost every country they possibly could representing in WWE than the actual talent. That's why you see some other promotions out there. You see some people who you just say to yourself, how the fuck did WWE not even consider signing this person or this person or this person? 
Right. Nine times out of 10, all those people are in the United States. And trust me, WWE, for the last couple of years, unless you were something really special, if you were an indie wrestler in Oklahoma, or if you were in fucking blah, 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 Stan, and you had some type of look or something where you could possibly be molded, there was a good chance they would get a higher blah, 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 blah country than to hire the person from Oklahoma, yeah. you know? And anybody thinks that I'm wrong, trust me, just go look. Look at some of the signings that they made. And, you know, you see some people, they keep them for three months, six months, nine months, and then they end up getting released anyway. It's, it's, they have been obsessed, almost to the point of obsession, about looking for international talent and, you know, bypassing some real gems in the United States. You know, just just you think for uh, just to have that cross section of, of international flavor on the show. You think politically WWE is doing that? I mean, even isn't Vink and um, and uh, Thorn aren't they from Australia too? Yes, those those two guys they're from Australia yeah. too. Obviously, Buddy Murphy is from Australia. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, obviously, look at all, the champion is is uh, from Scotland. So that's there's nothing wrong with that. But I I don't know DTY. Yeah, I mean. You would think WWE signs people based on performance, talent, could be possible superstars of the future. Um, yeah, it does make a lot of sense to me. And, and to me, people who aren't really worth much, wouldn't they be on the cut list anyway? So I don't know why bother to sign somebody if you don't think you can really do much with them other than just being a – I mean, you need utility players. But I wouldn't even call the Iconics utility players because they're on TV, they're off, they're on, they're gone for half a year, they're back. They've been off TV as much as they're on since they got signed. So I, I don't know what their thing is with them. So I'm thinking, DT, somebody does like them in the back. Oh, yeah. They definitely like them. That's why they're still there. But to me, this is the same thing they did with Dana Brooke. Same thing yeah, they did. Oh, my God, you yeah. Know, you know, maybe not on a level of Tamina. But, you know, we've been talking about this for years and years and years. You know, they have to utilize people. And, you know... The, and that's another thing WWE's been obsessed with for the last bunch of years as well, giving everybody a chance, you know, giving everybody a chance. You know, just, just imagine, you know, like a baseball team and someone is batting 085 and, you know, in a tight game, you know, like, oh, you know, we got to give them a chance. So let's put, let's put, no, you're going to put your best players out there. And WWE has been obsessed with giving everybody some type of an opportunity at some point. And then what happens is, is like, like Dana Brooke is perfect example. A lot of people got angry with me last year when, you know, she was getting that little flurry of wins. And I'm like, that's just to give the suspension of disbelief that maybe she could possibly win. And it's just smoke and mirrors. Tamina, with all due respect, I actually like Tamina now more than I have in her entire career. But this was smoke and mirrors the last couple of weeks and they'll try to keep that momentum but you know Shane Thorne and Brandon Vink you know all right maybe they'll be a star or I think Vink is the one that they see a star in but you know if they think that's going to happen within the next two three years there are so many people that they would have to leapfrog I just it's just so random and them teaming up with MVP today and losing it's like, you know, I I don't know. I got the same feeling about them than, than I do with the Forgotten Sons, all right? I just, 
some people unfortunately don't fit in and you know vink and stink i just <laughs> you know it just i you see them promoted and you say to yourself you could probably come up with 20 names in NXT. You say to yourself, why the fuck did they not elevate this person or this person? And I'm not yeah. talking about the main eventers. I'm talking about people on the lower card. So, Yeah, no, I agree with you. It doesn't It doesn't make a lot of sense at all, actually. It makes no sense. But that WWE has been very questionable for quite a while now. And it's funny because MVP is now getting trying to get in the ear of Lashley which yeah. actually seems to make more sense and not has nothing to do with black. No. It makes more sense because Lashley looks like money. Vink and Stink look like NXT. Or not even NXT, they look indie. So well, why would well, MVP would not want a guy who is one of the most dominant wrestlers on the roster, especially if you're trying to continue that breakup between Lashley and Lana? Right. MVP throws a monkey in the wrench. So I love the idea of MVP possibly starting a faction with Lashley. In fact, Apollo Crews, I'm pretty sure that that match that they did on Raw where Apollo Crews got injured and they had to put AJ Styles in his place, I'm pretty sure that that match took place after the latter match was recorded. So if that's the case, Apollo Crews was never supposed to be in that latter match. Right. So... I'd like to see Lashley and Apollo Crews maybe managed by MVP. Doesn't have to be all black, but I like that a hell of a lot more than him just going up to two random indie guys and just saying, yo, ball in. It just, that I wouldn't even think that would make sense in the old TNA. It would be kind of dopey. You so know? you think, yeah, and I was thinking the same thing. That confused me with MVP. Is he going to still wrestle or is he going to be a manager? I think he would be... I'm I'm totally against him wrestling anymore. I think he's done. But I think uh, as a manager, uh, putting together a stable and letting Lashley be like the the, the big heavy in that, uh, you know, and then have uh, you know an, another guy underneath that. Have maybe Vinkin. I was gonna say stink. Vinkin uh, uh, Thorn as like a, a a building project. You know, have a, a legit stable like they used to have with managers back in the day. Have about four guys. Have a tag team and two singles. Have a top single who who's uh, wrestles for the championship. And kind of a middle single wrestles for maybe the U.S. and a kind of title. I don't know why they can't do that. I think uh, MVP can talk at least. And I don't know what they come up with a catchy name for the stable. I think they should really go for that, actually. And it looks like that's what they're doing. Yeah. I, um, you know, the thing with MVP, it kind of reminds me of Titus O'Neil. Feels like Titus Worldwide. Titus O'Neil would wrestle a little bit. But Titus O'Neil was trying to recruit Tazawa and someone else. You know, and I think Apollo Cruz at that time too, right? And Tazawa, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was Apollo Cruz. Yeah, it was a little comedy with Tazawa. We'll talk about Tazawa in a second, but kind of reminds me of a different variation of Titus Worldwide. Yeah, exactly, and that really never went to anything. And I, who else wasn't Dana Brooke in Titus Worldwide? She was the yeah, she was with the clipboard and everything. Yeah, she was, and yeah, she was doing like a the Miss Hancock. Yeah, thing. I was just so random. Man. They, <laughs> yeah. they, they were trying. Look, she she's Dana holding Brooke. a clipboard. She's telling everybody to flag. She's this and that. My time, you know. And I, again, I have nothing against her. She seems likable, you know. But again. You know, I, I don't think anybody should ever be pushed simply because they're likable 
or the if you can't if viewers keep turning off and the iconics look you they held those tag titles honestly you know even though those titles were not around all that much as far as tag teams go male and female that is in my top five of the worst tag team runs in history i actually would tolerate more R-Truth and Pac-Man Jones than what they did with the Iconics. And the reason why I say that is because the women's tag titles were so new at the time. Right. And like they just totally, when Bailey and Sasha Banks got it, all right, you're starting off with a nice bang. You know, you kind of feel, you know, like you just, it just felt powerful. Felt like quality people got it. And then the Iconics get it. And it's smoke and mirrors. Go back, everybody, and look and see how many times they were. They defended two times. And and you look at that. They, WWE took a brand new tag team titles, in my opinion, and flushed them down the toilet because of the, the run they did with the Iconics. Because they realized they were annoying, yelling in the ring, you know, hey, Kanik. And then, okay, we'll give them the belts. And they're like, wait a minute. Like, who the fuck did they get a feud with? And, they, you know, they stink in the ring. They stink. None personal. Not everybody could bat 300. Some people may know the basics, but they can't tell the story. You know, the Iconics are probably better in a video game. You know, because you control the moveset. It's just instinct. There's some people that just have unbelievable instinct when they're in the ring with moves. They know their presence. They know where they are in the ring. They know where the counter and they just that timing dana brooke how many years have we talked about the horrendous timing of dana brooke and timing is only one or two seconds yeah you know when somebody's in the corner and then they have to be there an extra second or two because dana brooke is is a second or two too slow it stands out you know so i i just think the women's tag team titles with all due respect, have taken a major step backwards. And I think they will remain a major step backwards for the foreseeable future. Kyrie Sane and Asuka was so much better than all of the other tag teams, with the exception of Bailey and Sasha Banks. And Bailey has the women's title, so they weren't going to keep them as a tag team for those belts. They tried Becky and Charlotte, but they're too, they were too valuable, you know, they needed them separate. So you just look at the quality of tag teams right now. You know, you're going to see Dana Brooke teaming up with someone again. You know, and it's just, it's the, the women's tag team division in WWE right now is probably the worst part of WWE. Yeah. Just like a lot of people say, the women's division in AEW, with the exception of Sheeta and a couple others, the women's division is probably the weakest part of AEW as well. Yeah. You know? So, but as far as matches tonight, you know, we already talked about Vink and Stink with MVP. You know, they, they lost to Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, and R-Truth. And after that match was over, you know, Bobby Lashley with his obsession of beating the fuck out of R-Truth, you know, he makes his face again. Um, kind of felt a little out of place with now R-Truth not going to find his baby after last night, but it is what it is. Yeah. Lashley at the beginning of the show fought Humberto Carrillo, B 
beat him in a no DQ match, which I thought was very good because Lashley, you know, had originally lost to him in that tournament for money in the bank. Um, I'm actually liking what they're doing with Lashley right now. I think he's going to be anything though. He's going to go on to do anything. I think there is a very good chance of him holding one of those titles within the next month or two. I really do. Um, it would not surprise me, and I know some people may not like this because people really want Cedric and Ricochet to be tag champs. It would not surprise me if Lashley and Apollo Crews, if that forms, I could see them leapfrogging uh, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander and possibly being the ones to take the titles off of the Street Profits. The Viking Raiders, they, they, I mean, did you see that basketball shit today? Yeah, I saw it. What did you think of it? I, I wanted to think it was going to be somewhat funny, but, you know, uh, uh, my brother was saying uh, it would have been great had they had, uh, you know, you would thought the Viking Raiders couldn't play basketball, and then they ended up playing like the Harlem Globetrotters, doing some, like, badass moves, spinning the ball on their fingers. But, you know, they were obviously bad, or they were perceived to be bad, uh, just from, uh, you know, being the Viking Raiders, they didn't know how to play ball. They missed the hoop. But it would have been cool if they actually uh, knew how to play and knew how to shoot. That would have been great. So it was kind of predictable it, what happened. The only thing that was funny was when they thought they won and then they showed the score 74 to 2. So that was, that was kind of funny. But other than that, it was kind of predictable. Reminded me like an old school thing that they would do in the WWE, but they, they probably should have, they could have been a little bit more creative with it. I just don't understand. You know, just suspension and disbelief if the Viking Raiders don't even know how to throw a basketball. I'm not saying they had to shoot hoops, but throwing it against the ceiling and all, what the fuck are you doing in the gymnasium in the first place? You know, I mean, you have them in the car. Just because he's holding a fucking turkey leg doesn't mean that they're prehistoric. You know what I mean? They're trying to play them off as prehistoric guys that don't know what society is, but meanwhile, they're fucking driving. You know, I mean, I don't expect them to be on, like, the Flintstones dinosaur or anything like that. But I don't know. This this kind of makes me feel like, you know, now batting for the revival, you know, the Viking Raiders. It just feels like their attempt, once again, to do a little comedy with a tag team that is just very, very plain, you know. I don't know. I just... I think they're just, they're, they're trying to make them entertaining and lovable and funny. Oh, shit. Hang on a second. Sorry about that. I forgot I had that thing on the background. I don't have that set up yet. But, um, but the Viking Raiders, it almost feels like, maybe not the same, but a little bit of Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman was a fucking monster. Then they had to team them up with a fucking kid, you know, and, and just they totally like ruined, like they had like a really rare monster. Big shows in the twilight of his career. Kane is a mayor, you know, Mark Henry is close to retired. Lashley wasn't back yet at the time. This guy's a fucking monster. And they, they to me, hurt his character and it feels like they're totally ruining the Viking Raiders. They could do a lot more with them, but I guess they just see them as, you know, almost like what they did with the Bushwhackers. Remember how badass the fucking sheep herders were? And then they bring in Luke and Butch, and they turn them into, like when they first got to the WWE, I remember, I'm like, oh, shit, the sheep herders are here. We were hardcore 
to the T. I mean, you remember the Sheepherders DT. And when they came, it reminds me of the Viking Raiders. They had that badass reputation from Japan and from Ring of Honor. And I, when WWE sees some of these guys, they just see, like, let's bring out the silliness in them. And we were just talking about Oscar before. It worked for Oscar, but I, and I, I wanted to work for the Viking Raiders, but I'm just not finding them very humorous. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not, it's not charming, like the way at least Oscar, you're like, ah, oh, she's kind of cute doing that. Uh, the Viking Raiders are coming off kind of cringy. They don't look uncomfortable doing it. I just don't think they, they kind of know what they are. Are they these killers? Are they just, you know, are they the new bushwhackers? And I mean that seriously. Is that what they're trying to do with these guys? I have no idea. They, they ain't no bushwhackers. And I never like. I mean, they were lovey, lovable and everything, but I was never a big fan of the bushwhackers. When they the were sheep the sheep herders, you, 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 you acknowledged that sheep herders were the sheep herders were awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was kind of shock of a shock when they went from the sheep herders to the, you know licking kids' heads. Exactly. Yeah. I understood why they did it, but um, you know. And by the way, you know, for a couple of questions in the chat, get into them later. You know, the reason why I'm not getting into them right now is we're talking about the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits, and somebody asks about Otis in a briefcase. You know, it can't go from talking about the Street Profits and then bring up Callisto. When we get into topics that are similar, then we blend them in. So I, I don't want anybody to think that they're being ignored. They're not. We'll get into it in a couple of minutes. But, you know, a little consistency. We're on certain topics right now. But, um, you know, uh, but I'm just, you know, TMZ even covered this. TMZ may, and it's funny because... You know, it feels online like WWE is desperately trying to fit in with major sports. And that's because Rain Entertainment, don't apologize. There's no apology. I just don't want anybody to think I'm ignoring them. I don't ignore anybody. But, um, you know, WWE is so, like, kind of reminds me, and I think I kind of brought this up before, like in high school, when you have the cafeteria table and it's nothing but the football people, and then you have this nerd that tries to sit there and eat with the football guys and they're just ranging on him and like, you know, just trying to ignore him. That's what it feels like. I mean, Mike Tyson, you see those videos, of Mike Tyson, the last couple of days? No, I haven't seen him. It's crazy. The guy, you know, I don't think he's going to box in a match again, but he looks scary. Mike Tyson is my favorite boxer of all time. I have yeah. Mike Tyson stuff. I have so many of his fights. I have sung the praise of Mike Tyson. Yes, I know about his personal stuff, but I fucking love Mike Tyson. And, you know, I see some goofy shit on a WWE Twitter earlier. Like, oh, Mike Tyson's even going, looking for the 24-7 title. And I watched the clip, and I was expecting after he was doing his sparring that he was going to cut a promo talking about the 24-7 title, unless I saw the wrong clip. All it was was one of his clips sparring and looking impressive. And I'm like, you know, leave the fucking... They're so desperate to try to fit in. Like, and I know Trump met with them too because Vince is a billion-dollar company. It's biggest wrestling company, but it is entertainment. It's sports and entertainment. But MLB, NFL, NBA, hockey, boxing, WWE. Not even pro wrestling. WWE and look at this America cares thing where they're giving the jerseys to all the health professionals, which I think is wonderful before that happened. Did you see WWE fucking doing any charity drives? We're going to make a shirt and raise money for this and that. No, 
they started talking about COVID when they joined that charity thing with all the other sports companies. You didn't hear them say fucking COVID ever for the most part until they signed up with that fucking charity. And then all of a sudden, we at WWE for COVID and all the, you know, the first responders, you know, if those other sports organizations were not part of that charity, I hate to say it, I don't think WWE would have been part of it either. They didn't do almost nothing before that. You know, I'm not saying they didn't do anything, but just go look, because we brought it to attention. You know, they put the the shirts, the empty arenas and stuff like that, and we said it a few times. WWE's not donating a portion of the proceeds for United Way or this is and that. You know, Cody puts up a shirt, raises this. We fucking raise money on, on, on the YouTube thing. All these wrestling companies donating proceeds here and there, WWE absent. But once all the sports got together and do this, oh, we're in, we're in. So it's so glaring sometimes, you know, any charity is better than none, but man, you know, you could see, I could just picture WWE in meetings, you know, like, what could we do? Oh, all the, the sports outlets are doing this. Yeah, call them up. You know, that's what it feels like to me. So with that said, um, we had Shayna Baszler beating Natty. Um, we sung the praise of Shayna Baszler earlier. Yeah. Um, that absolute asshole bitch. They should never, ever go away from that. You know, that WWE special, I recommend everybody check out. I think you will enjoy it. Yeah, I'm going to definitely check that out. But uh, it was an odd kind of pin she got on Natty, if you saw that. Like, yeah. Just a, a knee, like a knee to the face, and then just... Then Natty was having a temper tantrum in the ring afterwards. Did anybody catch that? Where she was kicking her hands and feet on the yeah. floor and really, like, pissed off. But it was kind of like bratty. It didn't come off like, oh, you know, I'm so mad I lost... Came off like kind of a brat. I don't know what they're doing. So it, is Natty going to turn now? I don't know. Are we going to start calling her Braddy Natty? Braddy Natty. It was, I mean, she was banging. Go look at it. She's banging her hands and feet. Like Braddy Natty. We get a hashtag that. Braddy Natty. Braddy Natty. Braddy Natty. Um, but, um, but yeah, it was, a, it was an, it was an odd kind of pin. It was just one knee to the head. And then it was, I mean, it's, it could have been a devastating finish, but it looked like she didn't really you know, drive it in. But, you know, it is, it, again, what are they going to go all out for this? You know, it was what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had, uh, well, we talked about the Iconics beating them uh, moment to piss non-title five minutes, you know. Like I said, that's just to try to put a little momentum behind the Iconics, smoke and mirrors, maybe leading to backlash. You know, mm -hmm. it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, they didn't show me anything today for me to say, oh, you know, well, for all the times they were off, you know, put it this way. I'd rather see a WWE network video that they've been helping kids with cancer, helping people with COVID, doing inspirational speeches at schools, you know, doing all this wonderful stuff than hearing that they have been training while they were gone. Because if they were training while they were gone, um, they should go back and train a little bit more because they showed me no improvement whatsoever in the last time they were on TV. Right. You know, if you would have taken a match from them from a year ago, year and a half ago, put it on pause, and then tonight's match was just unpausing it, it looked the same thing to me. No improvement, 
no real, you know, just some people like just whip out some things that maybe nobody's seen. I remember when Cena, he started doing stuff off the top rope and doing some moves we never saw him do before, taking yeah. things out of his pocket. Iconics did none of that today. Um, Drew McIntyre beating Andrade. Uh, again, we saw this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't know why, but it just felt, feels like it. I'm pretty certain he did. Uh, Rey Mysterio and Alistair Black beating Seth Rollins and Murphy by DQ, which I thought was incredibly stupid because all Seth Rollins did was like throw him in the guardrail and he got DQ'd. Yeah. It, that was just god-awful. Um, I did like him, like, you know, like squeezing his temple, even though we were supposed to believe it was the eye. But, um, you know, him trying to rip the eyes out of Rey Mysterio and him looking despondent about everything with uh, the pregnancy. Even though they, the, the commentators were really not trying to correlate his, you know, like zombie-like, you know, feeling or look and Becky Lynch's pregnancy. They were leaving it up to us to try to put the two to two together and like, he's fucking devastated that his significant other got pregnant. That's what it kind of felt like to me. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, did you like overall like Seth, just like snapping like that? You want to see more of that? Yeah, no, I liked it. I thought it was good. Uh, again, and, and then, you know, he ended up hurting uh, Ray uh, over that, and I guess there's going to be an angle to that. But last night I was confused, like, you know, and I didn't think he was going to turn babyface, but he shook uh, Drew's hand last night, so I was wondering what that was. And now tonight he goes in the opposite direction and flips out. So, uh, yeah, I like the, the uh, you know, the uh, unpredictable Seth Rollins. Yeah, I like, I like how he's acting now. Yeah, Anna. Uh, shout out to Anna. She wanted yeah, to know, up, you know, what are your thoughts on the fact that Seth Rollins is going to be a dad? Uh, good for him. Obviously, first kid for both of them, you know, first marriage, first kid. So, you know, it's the first time uh, that should be should be a great thing. You know, I don't know. I guess he'll be a good father. don't know the guy personally, but uh, I'm, it's a good thing. I mean, I don't know if he's going to take time off of wrestling, too. Maybe uh, towards when the kid's going to be born, maybe he'll take a sabbatical, too. Yeah. So you don't know. And I think he's the type of guy who probably would. Yeah. I, I think he he probably might. He might disappear for a few months towards the latter part of her uh, pregnancy. Yeah. Because um, at the days of uh, somebody getting fired due to pregnancy, you know, it, it happened with uh, Dawn Marie. Um, you know, some people, you know, tried to create some controversy with Maria, you know, that Maria signed. And then they decided they were going to intentionally get pregnant, which I thought was a little unfair, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and you know, I saw a lot of people kind of felt bad for Mike and Maria Canellas tonight. I saw a lot of people going on Mike's Twitter and saying, wow, WWE did not pay any attention to you guys. You know, yeah, she did. She was the first pregnant champion because she had that title, but they kind of made like a mockery out of it. And meanwhile, tonight with Becky, and I thought that was really unfair because nothing against Maria and Mike, because I'm fans of both of them. I follow Mike on Twitter. But um, they're not on the level of the popularity of the, of Becky Lynch. So I never correlated the two tonight and thought like, wow, look how they treated Maria and look how they treated Becky. I don't think that's fair to do. No, it's not. It reminds me of, uh, DT, you know the story when Mick Foley... Uh, was wrestling when he was newcomer. He was wrestling on the independence, and he accidentally got Don Morocco's payoff, and he thought it was for him. 
And then he gave it back and he goes, why is Don getting so much more money than me? He goes, because Don is a big star and uh, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that was funny. It's funny that somebody even needed to tell him that. And that that's that's the thing that that's pretty amazing. I love when Foley tells that story. Yeah. He's a big he's a big star and uh, you're not yeah. at the time. So if anybody's wondering, well, Mick Foley is a big star. At the time, he wasn't. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. Anthony Diaz. So yeah, Becky's says, a big, yeah, Becky's a big star. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Anthony Diaz says, this Oscar is 100% better than Killer Oscar. I'm telling uh, you, man, yeah. Yeah. I, I like this Oscar now because she connects with the fans. Mm -hmm. I'd rather see Oscar stay in a company for three to five more years and still be able to have great matches than to go balls out maybe a year, year and a half. Because, again, she thinks she's, what, 38? Yeah, so, 38. You know, she doesn't have that many years left, even if she could still go. You know, shelf life, we talked about it yesterday, shelf life for women in wrestling is a lot shorter than men in wrestling. It's just like a football player. A football player's career in the NFL is a lot shorter than a baseball player's career or maybe a basketball player's career. It's just, just the way it is. Um What'd you think of uh, Edge and Randy Orton closing out Raw tonight? Um, I, I thought it was going to be good, but honestly, I didn't care for the promos of either one of them. And then Charlie Crusoe coming in the ring at the end was weird. Yeah, uh, when that happened, break. you knew there wasn't going to be any violence. Yeah, there was no violence or anything, and, and Randy seemed to stop and start with his promo. I mean, it's the same shit that we heard before. And I like both of them, and I think it's they're going to maybe try and make up for that WrestleMania match, which they think was good, but a lot of us didn't think was very good. Uh, so maybe they'll they'll put on a, a better version of what should have been the match that they had, even though, again, they thought that match was great. Others, depends on who you ask. It was too long. It, it didn't go the way we thought it was going to go. But uh, I like both of them. Edge is one of my favorites. I I I, Randy Orton's okay. He's not one of my top favorites, but uh, the two of them work good together. But it was a, um, it was a, you know, non, uh, it was anticlimactic ending to uh, to Raw, which I thought was a decent Raw. To be honest with you, it kept my attention all Raw. It's better than the last few weeks, but anticlimactic. It wasn't anything. Nothing really happened. Yeah, I um, I thought it was backwards. You know, first of all, I I don't think most of us said that the WrestleMania match was terrible. We just thought it was way too long. Yeah, too long. In other words, yeah, it's like shorten it up, maybe make it conduced, uh, you know, make it just, uh, uh, just make it overall like a, a better presentation. The last one was just, it was way too long and it just went on forever and it just kind of took you out of it after a while. Yeah. I just thought tonight was backwards because Edge was the one to get the win at Mania. So them advertising last week and this week that Edge is hunting for the Viper. For me, it should have been the opposite. The Viper should have been hunting Edge because of what happened at WrestleMania. Right. So it just did not, I just thought that that was so backwards. It just, and then, you know, the ultimate is a challenge for a straight up wrestling match. I don't mind seeing Edge and Randy Orton having a straight up wrestling match. And we know that they gel well, and it'll be good. Um, but, you know, I know this is not her fault. This is WWE, you know. But her at the end saying that this this could be the greatest wrestling match in history, I'm like, okay, you know, the fuck out of here. Seriously. I mean, 
they're both extremely talented, both Hall of Famers. They're both great entertainers. I actually look forward to seeing them right now more than anybody else on the main roster, with the exception of Kevin Owens, who's not been around. But, um, you know, greatest wrestling match in history. You know, seriously. I, I, I mean, Michael Cole said many times, you know, the greatest pay-per-view in history, arguably the greatest. But... Um, I don't know, it just felt very, like, plain. I mean, they should have announced originally that Edge was going to be appearing. And then there should have been some type of a tweet or something online that Randy Orton, you know, says, oh, Edge is going to be at Raw. Uh, I'm going to be hunting for Edge. They should have, you know what they should have did? They should have advertised two weeks ago that Edge was going to be on tonight. Then this way, after... That following week, they could have showed that Randy Orton posted a tweet or one of those fucking cell phone vids where Edge says, oh, Randy Orton says, oh, Edge is going to be on Raw next week. I'm going to be hunting for him. And they could have done that over two weeks, and that would have explained, you know, like why both of them ended up on Raw at the same time. But Randy Orton should have been hunting Edge, not the opposite. Edge okay. got the win at Mania, not Orton. You're right. So I, I I thought that was a little bit backwards. But uh, what else do we get? Oh, the uh, uh, the usage of Tazawa, that baffling usage continues. And we joked about it last week that something must be going on with Paul Heyman and Triple H because Tazawa on Raw gets squashed in two minutes. Tazawa on NXT is in a cruiserweight tournament. And I think he's 2-0. That's what it feels like. I mean, even, you know, Shane Thorne today was a little bit different because Shane Thorne lost. But you look at Tazawa, it, it just, it's so confusing. He's on NXT, and I get it. He's facing smaller guys on NXT for the most part. But he's on NXT, and he's winning matches, and he comes to Raw, and, like, Paul's, like, squashing him. Paul, well, actually, it's Paul and Paul. Uh, Paul, the Paul number one is squashing him, and then Paul number two is like, "Hey, what are you doing to, to him? He's in my cruiserweight tournament." Yeah, exactly. I, I don't get it. Tazawa, they just really, really fucking with him tonight. Yeah. But I, I did, you know, I agree with Benjamin. I did like Tazawa with the extra vocals tonight. You know, being a little bit almost Iron Mike Sharpish a little bit. You know, no. he's always been vocal, but tonight it felt a little bit more vocal. So um, let's give a shout out to our new and returning patrons. In fact, I think they're all returning. JT Rebstock, Jermaine Chapman, Tabitha Mason. What's up, Tabitha? Michael O'Brien and our newest associate producer, Derek Brewer. Um, sorry, you know, I updated the list on the sponsors, associate producers. We got some new. And we have some that are no longer there, but welcome aboard. Welcome back. Um, tomorrow on Patreon, you're doing your solo show, correct? Castle Chronicles? Yeah, Castle Chronicles tomorrow night at 8.15. Uh, 8.15 p.m. Um, mm -hmm. I'll be on line Wednesday night for Wednesday Night Dynamite. Should be an interesting NXT and uh, AEW. You know, we'll see what they do next with uh, Carrie and Cross. So... You haven't had a chance to say on, you know, the show since last week. I mean, how did you like his debut? I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, it was epic. Uh, 
uh, entrance and Scarlet. And, uh, you, you know, the fact that she's lip syncing is, is cool because she actually did the vocals for it. So if you're lip syncing your own stuff and plus it's, it's performance, you know, it's a wrestling thing. It's not doing a concert. So people making a big deal out of it is ridiculous. Um, I love the, like I said, she was featured as much as him. So she's in it. You know, they got an investment in her as much as him. And I love it. And like I said, they're good people and I want to see good things happen to them. And that's a great, that's a grand debut. They don't give debuts like that to just anybody. It's, uh, those kind of entrances, uh, and I would love to see it in front of a crowd. I'm sure everyone was thinking the same thing. I, I wish there was a crowd there, but for no crowd, it came off really well. Yeah, I, uh, I actually said the opposite last Wednesday. That was an entrance that it was cinematic. I don't think it needed a crowd, and I think the crowd would have been silent. I think they would have been in awe. I think they would have loved it, but the no crowd and the smoke around the ringside the area during the whole match, that was – one part that I absolutely liked more that there was no crowd there. Um, yeah, no, it came, it came off, it came off uh, really, uh, really well. And, you know, it was a squash. He was only in there for a minute or two, but it was the way it needed to happen. If they're going to make him like that kind of a killer, almost uh, maybe even in a Goldberg fashion to a degree of just crushing people, maybe that's what they need to do. I, I'm, you know, now I'm compelled to really watch it, you know, not just because I'm a fan, but now even if I didn't know who this guy was, I'd be like, I got to see what they're going to do. Where are they going to go with this? And again, I like that the, the, they're utilizing her just as much as a big part of it. So, you know, uh, we haven't seen a, a, a real power couple here in a while. People would say Rusev and Lana, but eh, to a little bit of a different degree. This is a little bit of a different act here. Mm-hmm. Rusev, Rusev and Lana. Yeah. Um, and that took time to build up Rusev and Lana. These two are coming in right off the bat uh, in a grand fashion. And right in the middle, right at the heart of like the nine o'clock hour, right in the prime time. So again, good things, good people. I wish them well, and I'm looking forward to uh, Wednesday night. See him again. What about Otis and Mandy as a couple? Uh, Yeah, I love them too. I mean, they're great. I was saying, DT, I got Friday. uh, Mandy announces she's she's, uh, taking time off to have a baby. uh, I I know. I know they're not dating in real life, but stranger things that happen. Don't be surprised if they got together. I mean, she puts Otis over every step of the way, saying he's adorable. She loves hanging out with him. And uh, he really legit loves her. So, uh, stranger things have happened, you know, you, you never know. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, it's, it's, I like the, the coupling that they're doing with people now. Some are legit real life couples, some are not, uh, but the ones that they have together fit well together. So I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Rain entertainment. You know, we were talking yesterday on the money in the bank recap, as far as the possibilities with the briefcase, I think it was Joe punches that said, you know, you know, Hey, what if Otis handed the briefcase over to Mandy? I did my impersonation yesterday, like, you know, yeah, yeah Mandy, yeah. You know, and then if she went, oh, yeah! You know, so, hey, there's so many ways they could go with the briefcase. He could okay. cash it in and become a champion. Tucker could cash it in, you know, you know, take it from, you know, him and cash it in for a tag title shot, even though maybe Otis wasn't, you know, as willing, and they lose it some somehow, you know, mm-hmm. ma- Maybe he gives it to Mandy. You know, maybe he gives it to Mandy and this flips out Tucker because he thought that they were going to use it for a tag title shot. There's so many ways they like can that. go I with like this that. briefcase. And honestly, that's a storyline you milk. Yeah. That's a storyline that could go a couple of months where he has the briefcase. It would be extremely interesting if he just handed the briefcase over to Mandy on Friday. However, they can also kind of plant the seed too, where he could offer it to Mandy 
And then Mandy says, no, no, you want it. It's yours. You know, even though the more I think about it, that wouldn't make sense because Mandy would not challenge for a men's championship. You know, Otis didn't win a women's money in the bank. So the more I think about that, right, that wouldn't make right, sense. Right, right, but right, I could, right. But I could see him still offering it, be, you know, because you want to give it to her. Um, so there's many ways that they could go with this. I just hope one day Tucker turns on Otis. So I could come up here and the first two words out of my mouth is Mother Tucker. That Mother, Mother Tucker. Tucker. Uh, I've been saying it for since February 14th. I, I want Tucker to turn heel. Unfortunately, when he turns heel, I think that'll be the beginning of his end of his WWE run. Uh, yeah, it might be. Yeah, I mean, he might have, you know, a lot of heat originally feuding with Otis, but once that feud dissipates, I don't know what you do. You have to totally repackage Tucker or he's done. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, you, shout you out. I don't uh, know what, what Dream 101 what you're saying? Uh, spent the money, a lot of money on Clippers. There's no meat. You can't go here. You can't go there. I what? I don't know what Clippers are. When I think of Clippers, I think of nail Clippers or a basketball team. So I have no idea what you are talking about, my friend. Clippers. I, I love his stuff. So, um, and you want to talk about uh, Alberto Del Rio? Yeah, I figure close out with him. I mean, is there more? Is an update more to that story that happened? Oh, there's 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 quite a bit. Right, you know, um, hey, everybody out there knows. Um, since day one, I took the side of Velveteen Dream. I didn't take the side because it was my gut feeling. Um, I didn't take the side because hey, it'll give me good good brownie points. Hey, I'm supporting a black guy. I took his side because I took everything that came out, looked at the times, looked at all the facts, and a lot of things didn't add up. And then when those people went from, hey, you know, do you think it was, I don't know if it was really him that sent us the nude or if he was hacked. And then he comes out a couple hours later, I was hacked. And instead of him saying, okay, well, you know, he said he was hacked. No, they were like in denial, like they refused to accept that answer. Like it had to be the other way. And that one dope, you know, and because, you know, you, you gotta, you can't give the guy any momentum. Oh, we're on the phone. Police report filed. Yup. Yup. That pretty much spelled the demise of that. Alberto Del Rio, though, on the other hand, um, after reading the police report and seeing all of the stuff that came out, um, honestly, you know, I, I can't help but to think about that incident when he was with Paige. Wasn't there like a stabbing that happened, I think, in Texas that quietly was never explained back then? I don't know if anybody remembers that story. It was just some weird stuff. Um, this guy, uh, for those that don't know all the details, he was arrested on May 9th in San Antonio, Texas. All right. Unfortunately, a lot of websites, they just read and hear, they don't listen. They don't let it penetrate. You know, all they got 
focused on they got infatuated with is he's accused of sexual assault and threatening to dump a child in the middle of a road you know because they read those two sentences and it sounded like the sexiest thing that would get them the most hits instead of actually doing research and let me also add to everybody out there that all these goops and i've given everybody the explanation and the education of what the difference between bail and bond is Bond only costs 10% of what the value is. So Del Rio was released on $50,000 bond, not bail, bond. So he had to come up with about 5,000 and change to get out of jail. The reason why I start off with that is, is when I explain what has come out in the back of your mind, just remember that he got out on $50,000 bond. You know, which only cost them a little more than five grand when you think about it. But he apparently was dating this woman. All right. That's something that nobody is bringing up. He apparently was dating this woman and he accused her of cheating on him. And this woman waited a couple of days, you know, to file the report. Police investigated it, they took pictures of her bruises. And they had enough where they could arrest him, and they arrested him and charged him with uh, a a class two felony sexual assault. Apparently, she claims that, you know, he had hit her a few times, he broke her cell phone, he broke her laptop, he threatened to burn her passport so she couldn't go back to, I think, Mexico. Um, She also claimed in the police report that when she was, you know, crying, like he shoved a sock in her mouth so she couldn't cry and couldn't talk. And that, you know, he was basically, you know, off and on physically and emotionally tormenting her for almost a day. And she got out of there on May 4th. Um, I don't know whose house she went to, but she ended up getting the strength to go to the cops. And if you look at his mugshot, you know, it, it looks like a guy who is so angry and like, you know, like he's like holding his lips in. And, you know, it was funny because early on people were like, you know, are we sure that that's Del Rio? All you got to do. And it's funny because he always used to make tri- fun of Triple H and call him what? Big nose? Yeah, big nose. Big yeah. nose. You look at Del Rio, he's got... A cl- there's, there's like an indention on his nose that is the telltale sign that it was him. But, you know, he abused this woman. You know, he hit her in the head a few times that she said made her very woozy and dizzy. That he sexually slapped, I hate to say it like this, but I'm going to just say it. He whipped out his dick and started like slapping her around with his dick. He you dick know, slapped her? He, he dick slapped her. Um, but you know, he, he apparently, I don't, and this is where I'm speculating and I honestly don't know, but you know, some of the information that was told to me was that he found stuff on her phone and possibly her laptop also. I don't know if it was emails or text messages, but he accused her of cheating on him and the guy went ballistic and fucking basically, I don't want to say held her hostage, but basically for about a day was physically beating the shit out of her, broke her phone, broke this, broke that. And that could be the reason 
possibly why this may have taken an extra day or two before they decided to, you know, get an arrest warrant for him. But we don't know when his next court date is. He is out on bond. But um, I tell you, man, when you read the report, they got photos. They got, you know, you know the, the details on the phone being broken and everything else. I think this guy's wrestling career is done. He's got a history of anger issues. He has had in history, you know, some people have accused him of abusing Paige. We don't know because we never witnessed it, but, you know, there was some incident. I remember the airport. Last August, he had an incident that the charges were, I think, eventually dropped. But I always think back to that original incident with the stabbing that, you know, I just never could understand why that just went away. There's just something... You know, in my opinion, it sounds like, and I'm not trying to downplay it, it sounds like a guy jealous, you know, and just very obsessive and very controlling. And, you know, I'm sure you knew people that were like that. I know people that were like that. We've seen it on TV. I know a lot of you out there may have had parents that were like that, maybe to not that extent, but... This, it looks like there's way too much evidence against this guy. And um, look, innocent until proven guilty. I always say that. But there's so much that came out with this. I think this fucking guy is done. Yeah, no, I'm, and didn't he, I mean, not that long ago, he was saying that uh, he was coming to the WWE and there was no evidence of that. He was just probably talking out of his ass that he was going to have one more run um, after something like this. And especially nowadays, and listen, it was never, except the one thing I want to stress to uh, even younger people, it was never people say, Oh, back in the day, you can get away with certain things. It was no big deal. It was always a big deal for physical abuse of a woman or a kid or threats or, uh, you know, brandishing a gun on somebody. It was always a big deal. Certain people get away with shit. They bury shit. I mean, look with Jimmy Snuka uh, in 83. Some people say he got away with murder. Yes. But, there was no, you know, it was cool to do it, and we just overlooked it. Uh, just certain things did get buried, but today you can't do anything like that. It's impossible. There's just too much uh, at, at, at stake, especially WWE, the kind of company they are now. And, you know, they're, they're promoting a whole thing of uh, women empowerment and anti-bullying and stuff. That's the epitome. That's the opposite. And uh, I, I don't know if he has a drug problem or whatever, DT. I don't know what his deal is. He's got anger issues. Is it? Is it? Fueled by alcohol or drugs? Has he ever been accused, by the way, DT? Of oh yeah, like, it's, taking and illegal drugs and stuff. Yeah, like that? it's been. Okay. We had the the videos that apparently he was on cocaine at that time. I, I wasn't yeah, he in oh, New yeah, York. It was it a rumor? I think he might have been in New York, and I think. Oh, was that that thing on? Uh, shit, what was that? Was it Periscope? What do they call that? Yeah, a Periscope. Because I was yeah, going yeah. to Periscope. Yeah, yeah, he was on Periscope, and it's. Periscope. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, yeah. So he's been, yeah, he's been tied to cocaine and stuff, and that's just gonna, you know, someone his age or whatever. It's it's gonna lead to his uh, demise sooner or later, or incarceration. And it looks like this time it'll be, and maybe incarceration will save his life. To be honest with you, because you think he's going to do time over this, DT? You know, look, five fifty thousand dollars bond. You know, it, it, it it's it's a decent amount, but when you think about 
that much sexual assault, um, you're kind of surprised that it was only $50,000 bond. And the reason why I say that, too, is because he was arrested last August for, you know, accused of assault, and those charges were dropped. We think back to the other things that had gone on. You know, of course, when things are dropped, you can't hold it against people. But he's got, you know, a history of questionable incidents. Um, the thing is, though, is it feels like a lot of those incidents ended up getting dropped or resolving themselves. So I don't know how much of a convicted history he has. I have not taken the time to do that research yet. But, you know, the fact that they let him out on that low of a bond tells me that, you know, there were visible marks, her neck, her face, her arms. You know, I don't know how severe they were. And they were in a relationship. So obviously, look, a relationship or not, you know, that still you, no one deserves to be assaulted physically, sexually, mentally, in any way, shape, or form. But there's a relationship there. It's not that he just took a woman hostage or met someone in a bar and just... So there is a, a history there between the two. So the fact that she still went to the cops, because a lot of us know, and they talked about it on the news, especially with COVID going on, there's a lot more domestic violence that's being reported because people are forced to stay home a lot more with each other. So, you know, this... This doesn't look good, but as far as jail time, I don't know. I mean, put it this way. If anybody out there thinks that he's going to do five, ten years, that's that's not happening. It's no. it, it, it's not. It there, there was no rape. You know, yes, doing the things he did is disgusting still, but it's not on the level of, you know, it was a class two felony and, it, and it's sexual assault. You know, it's... You know, if you look at it, it's just sexual assault. You don't even see any abuse. You don't see any anything for breaking the items. They're just accusing him of that. So I wonder if there's more charges that are going to be filed. I think right now they arrested him on the sexual assault, and I think they're probably trying to build more charges against him. If he gets more charges, then I could see him doing some decent jail time. But even if this ends up you know, being very little as far as jail, I don't see WWE bringing him back. I remember the incident with Cedric Alexander, not Cedric Alexander, Rich Swan. And yeah, yeah, Rich Swan. Rich yeah Swan. and uh, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? Su Young. Su Young, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they let him go on that. And this is a guy that has a track record of, you know, even worse telling you man that stabbing thing always stuck with me that was just something fascinating how that never turned into anything man i think his wrestling career is gonna he's not a spring chicken either he's in his 40s i believe he's, in his, yeah, he's over 40 he's got to be i think 42 or 43 something like somewhere that, around yeah. that so you know i just there will probably always be a promotion that would consider bringing him in. But, man, the way with the Me Too stuff, even though it's kind of fucked up right now, you know, because now Republican women are afraid to come forward. You know, yeah. that's a whole political thing. But I think every time a Fed 
advertises this guy unless it's his own fed you're going to see people online protesting you're going to see wrestlers i will not work a card with this piece of shit you know um so who knows man he's uh he's 42 by the way all right 42 okay all right but yeah it does not look good for uh mr del rio so it's it's too bad he could have had a legendary career and uh he let relationships and dysfunctional relationships uh, get the better of him. Paige turned it around. He could not. And he was the older one of the two, you know, the more adult, you know, and it's funny that Paige was able to, to turn her life completely around and Del Rio has gone further into the abyss. So you know what? Uh, too bad. When you look at his nose up close with that indention, it looks like a dick. It looks like the tip of a penis. So he used to always call Triple H Mr. You know, big nose. I think we should yeah. start calling him Mr. Dick Nose. Seriously, so that was a good install back in the day. Yeah, he did. It's a shame, man. But I, I think this guy is done. And, uh, yeah, DT, we want to shout out. Uh, I, I don't know if you were a fan of either show, but obviously we'd be uh, amiss if we didn't mention Jerry Stiller, the father of Ben Stiller, who died. Two legendary TV shows: uh, Seinfeld, played George Costanza's dad, and played Carrie Spooner's father on King of Queens for ten years. So uh, Jerry Stiller, famous actor, RIP, 92 years old. I was very disappointed with my social media family because I was making a joke. and People thought I was being cold to Jerry Stiller. They didn't get it. Maybe it wasn't good what I did, but for me, well, for me, Jerry Stiller will always be, you know, known for me. Like I'll always remember Festivus for the rest of us. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I decided to have some fun with that today. And I said, for anybody out there that's expecting me to pay tribute to him, I'll leave his tribute in the vestibule for the rest of you. I tried to just, did, I tried to do a play on Festivus for the rest of us. I said, I'll leave it in the vestibule for the rest of you. And fucking people were like PMing me like, what do you have against Jerry Stiller? I'm like, do you fucking get that? I was paying tribute to the guy, you know? And I Googled it first to see if anybody ever came up with that. Nobody ever came up with that before. I was like, ah, vestibule for the rest of you. People, man, you disappoint me sometimes. But yeah, 92 years old. God bless him, man. Two yeah. fun characters. I mean, Seinfeld will always be my favorite of the two. Because mm-hmm. um, when I saw in King of Queens, I'm like, I it still looked like Frank Costanza to me. Uh, he he was it was a similar character, but both you know both ten year runs almost on both shows, twenty years between the two uh, sitcoms, and they were back to back. He jumped right into King of Queens a yeah. year or two right after Seinfeld was yeah. done, and he was already well over sixty five. So he spent his golden years on television. And uh, DT, did you ever see the legendary movie 1974, Taking of Palom 123? No. They hijacked the train. You never saw it? No. I don't know if anybody else saw it out there. It's a great. They did a remake with Travolta 10 years ago. It sucked. But the original Taking of Palom 123 with uh, Walter Matthau and, uh, uh, well, Jerry Stiller played a big role in that. Uh, he was a cop. And if it was a serious film, people uh, hijacked a train in the subway in 1974. It's a great film. It's called Taking a Pound One, Two, Three, and that's where you could see him being very serious. And actually, that's the true story is he took Ben, a young eight, nine-year-old Ben Stiller, to the set, and that's when Ben decided he wanted to be into act, get into acting, and that was what, what kind of launched him as a kid actor. And then, obviously, Ben has had a legendary career. Whether you like Ben Stiller or not, the guy is, uh, you know, 
uh, you know, dozens of movie hit movies. So the Stiller family is iconic in Hollywood, but yeah, 92. And I always heard anybody in one of our, uh, listeners, I can't remember who it was. She posted a picture of meeting him, uh, not too long ago at a, a doctor's office. And he was very nice. I wish I'm blanking on who the person's name is. I'll shout you out tomorrow on my show. Um, but she put up a picture said that he was going to a doctor's office. He was with a caretaker. It's a couple of years ago. He's still, you know, very elderly. And he was very nice, took a picture, and he was very engaging. He was happy to meet a fan. And I've always heard good things about him, interactions with him over the years. And he's from New York. Yeah, he's from New York. Yeah, originally from New York. This was in Staten Island where uh, she ran into him, by the yeah. way. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, yesterday on my Patreon show, I paid tribute to him a little bit. I'm, I'm sure you'll probably talk about him a little bit more on Patreon tomorrow. But yeah. uh, we also lost Little Richard. I think he was yes. 87. And it was funny because I had mentioned this yesterday. I had just seen, not even two weeks ago, the episode of Miami Vice where he was in the park being the preacher and everything. And, you know, man, that guy, he inspired so many, you know, performers of the 50s, 60s, 70s, for the most part, from the Beatles on, you know, I mean, one of the greatest performers of all time and, what I love about it, and I was talking about this yesterday, is that you know he went through hell in the 50s and 60s especially. But in the latter years, the 70s, the 80s, and 90s, it seemed like, for the most part, nobody gave a shit that he was black. Well, he just, also, he and black and, and gay. I mean, that yeah. was a double, double whammo back then. But he, much like Liberace, shielded it. Uh, initially in his career because publicists and people would tell him to don't say anything. You're, you know, if anything, you're asexual, you're neither here nor there. And you didn't talk about it back then. Uh, but very much like Liberace, you kind of, you kept people guessing until they literally were kind of forced out, but nothing really came of that with little Richard. And, and when I, you know, rock and roll, when you think of a little Richard, there's little Richard Elvis and Chuck Berry who really started it all in the fifties. And I think little Richard and Chuck Berry were obviously the forerunners Elvis came thereafter, but those three are really the Kings of old school rock and roll. The three of those guys, uh, some would say the Duke, the Prince and the King, uh, with uh, little Richard, Chuck Berry and Elvis. And they all liked each other, by the way, they all got along very well, but uh, little Richard had such a run and he was what WrestleMania 10 DT. Uh, he sang the national yeah, anthem. Yeah. Yeah. WrestleMania 10. So he had one little, uh, thing, uh, interaction with wrestling, but of course, uh, again, and uh, you know, you think of Mark Amaro, uh, Johnny B. Bad doing an imitation of him. Uh, that was clearly a little Richard uh, takeoff. Um, but uh, he's one of those guys who uh, he really stood the test of time and was performing up until maybe even ten years ago. DT, even further than that. I always put him in the same. Like I always looked at him the same way as I did with Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee you know, Lewis like, too, yeah, because they were both just energy like i was talking to somebody yesterday and said what's the first word that comes to your mind when you think of little richard and then, same thing energy that guy just well, had so much fucking energy and well, you uh, see him on the piano with uh keep a knocking uh ready teddy and yeah. songs like that it just again uh, people never seen anything like that and if you watch him him or jerry lee lewis and you look at the crowd that's watching him perform the crowd is like what am i seeing here you know it's it was funny like, in a good way though it's really epic man you know what's funny i never ever came across any articles of him talking about being gay well and it's not no, i never i you know it's, the more i think about it now i didn't even realize he was gay i never even all of these years and never ever like i know he had like some like 
eyeliner on and stuff like that. I don't ever recall ever you him really know that? doing that's an nice. interview talking about being gay. Never He's thought never about that. Officially, never officially came out, but obviously, like I said, you know, things have been said over the years. But obviously, he's also never been married. He's never been attached to a woman. But that's not even the point. The point being is, uh, right? But did he ever do an interview saying he was gay? Not that I, not that I know of. Not that I know of. And maybe someone could can prove that wrong if someone wants to post that. But I've never seen that. Yeah. But um, I, I, yeah, I don't think he well, was. Well, Rachi never did one either. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, no, I know. But you know, I, I. Yeah, I don't recall. I don't. I tell you, it would be surprising. But you know what? I think the best way, the best word to give little Richard, even with that, you know, aura, is he was. And this is where, you know, like you bring up Johnny B. Bed, which is a good, good comparison. He was flamboyant. Yeah, flamboyant is probably the perfect word because flamboyant, you know, like you, it's like almost. I always thought flamboyancy is like asexual. Right. You know? So, um, like Mayor, like Mayor Koch. <laughs> Mayor Koch. <laughs> that's, that's what the people used to describe him as. I, I would pay to, I would have paid to see Mayor Koch sing, you know, even though he, I think he did New York, New York, but tell you, man, 87 um, years old. Hold, hold on a second. Um, franchise is saying he just posted an article saying that he's always acknowledged being gay. Yeah, but uh, somebody just Richard. said that he was married. So, hey, you know what? Maybe he liked his Eminem's playing M with Peanuts. This article always says he acknowledged being gay. Okay, I mean, maybe he was bisexual. Wh- you know whatever. What? Whatever the case may be, he was very flamboyant. He was very out there, ahead of his time in the 1950s. Never saw anybody like that. And Liberace was another guy, but Liberace didn't play rock and roll. Liberace was playing classical music. So, again, these were pioneers, and he lived far beyond. I mean, Chuck Berry lived a pretty long life, too. Elvis obviously died in his early 40s. But uh, the last of the Mohegans, basically, is he's the, the last of that era of uh, the kings of rock and roll. One thing I think we could all agree on, whether he was gay or if he wasn't well, gay, none of us care. Yeah, none of us care. He was no just a great can. performer. So Yeah, no, he's a great performer and iconic. Yeah, absolutely. And um, before we go, uh, you know, there's five parts to the series. So, you know, we definitely need to see where this all goes. But... Watched part one of the Undertaker's documentary yesterday, The Last Ride. Um, you realize the crazy ass footage that they've recorded of all their performers for the last tons of years. Because when you know, obviously Undertaker never was comfortable to talk about his career until now, and it was always he was always an enigma. But when you, they go back and they're showing footage of him smiling and hanging out and it's 10 years ago, you realize they have unbelievable amounts of behind-the-scenes footage of all their stars. You know, it's, it's mind-boggling to see them have that much Undertaker footage out of his element being a regular guy, laughing, talking. I love that they did not intend, you know, leave out Jericho, Jim Ross, others. They left everything in there. And it was 55 minutes yesterday. It kind of, you know, was talking about, you know, his ladder injuries and talking about falling out of confidence the WrestleMania match with Brock Lesnar, he doesn't remember any of it. Like the last thing he remembers is like three thirty in the afternoon. Um, 
they slightly touched on the match with Roman Reigns, even though the footage they showed that kind of made the match look a lot better than what it was. Um, that's going to continue on part two. But, you know, talk about him totally out of his element. And I fucking loved it. I can't believe they didn't try to manufacture this as like a DVD set or something. They would have made crazy ass money off this stuff. Add matches to it. They'll probably do that anyway. But what did you think of part one? I thought it was unbelievable. Uh, you know, Undertaker is one of my top five all times, one of my favorites. Um, so I love, you know, I was, I was all in to watch it. I'm looking forward to it weekly now. Uh, I thought it was great. And yeah, I agree with you. I'm surprised. Maybe he just wanted to, you know, give something back, not have to make the fans like buy a DVD set, just do this for the network, you know, help out the network and uh, put something on there. Uh, I thought it was great. And it's, it's, you know, it's three years ago. Like you said, Jericho was there. Uh, you know, he's Jericho's been in, in a bunch of it, actually, in the first one. And other people who are not with the company anymore, they left everybody in, like you said. And again, Taker is Taker. He's there. Even if they told him, oh, you know, let's remove, he probably said, nah, leave everybody in. Um, and you, you see, uh, you see him limping. Yeah. He was walking with his wife. Injections like, in the knees. To, yeah, that was kind of hard to watch him, him walking, limping and stuff like that uh, with uh, the match before Roman Reigns walking through the uh, hallway of the stadium. But, uh, you know, and he, he's, again, after seeing him on Steve Austin's uh, candid interview with Steve on uh, Broken Skull Sessions and stuff, seen a lot more of Mark Calloway, the man. And I've seen candid interviews with him before. But uh, you're getting to really, really see more, like you said, DT, they're humanizing him, like you said before, much more now. Yeah. Uh, so he can be at the future Hall of Fames and give induction speeches and be presented like a normal human being instead of this, you know, kind of, uh, you know, walking dead guy. Um, and it's, it's time to do that. You know, he's 54 years old. It's, you know, we get it. Everybody gets the whole gimmick. We all get it. We can all suspend disbelief when he gets in the character, but it's fine to do this with him now. It doesn't, doesn't disparage him anyway. It doesn't make him look less in anybody's eyes. Uh, I was even thinking, you know, look at the, even seeing him injured and limping and kind of being a little bit broken down, doesn't even make him look weak. You kind of respect him even more, right? DT, like you don't look at him as, Oh, I feel so bad for him. Like you He's like a man's man. You know, even Jim Ross and Chris Jericho were saying he's the toughest son of a bitch in wrestling. Uh, you know, that's from their mouths. Like you'll hear it for yourself. Everyone will say Mark is the toughest guy in wrestling. No doubt about it. Uh, you know, just what he endures and what he takes and how he gets himself. And even if he's hurt, he comes back next time. No excuses. So uh, all you, what you get from the take out is his respect. You feel a little bit, you feel bad from, from a perspective of it's, listen, I'm in my fifties too. It's sad to see people getting older and stuff and things take effect and things happen as you get older, but it's inspiring to see him be, a, he's a man's man. You got You look up to a guy like this and you say, I like, even if you're not a fan of the undertaker, even if you're not a big fan of the character, you got to like this guy as a person. You know, and that's what you'll get from this. I think everybody who watches it, even if you're not a big Undertaker fan, you'll enjoy it. There's not many people left. I'm not saying of that era, but people who put that much. You know, it's funny because, you know, I, I brought this up in the past. You know, them doing that 24 documentary about Goldberg when he came back so he could perform for in, in front of his son live. When I saw all the training and all, you know, the hard work he put through, it really gave me a, a, an absolute newfound respect for that guy because 
you realize how difficult that is. Then you see the Undertaker stuff, and then you realize, and the next episode, they get to show the hip surgery. Now, you know, I've, I have plates and screws in my hip, and, I, and they've said to me, you know, as recent as 15 years ago, that eventually I'm going to need a hip replacement. So, you know, seeing that and realizing that this guy still fucking performs is unbelievable. But I tell you, I, you know, I was never a big fan of Michelle McCool and she just comes off like, I always looked at the age, you know, the age difference between the two and not saying that that was a factor, but I always like saw the age difference and I was never a fan of her work, but what comes across is that she absolutely, I'm not saying that she, I never thought she didn't love him, but you just see that that connection between the two, they were meant for each other. Like oh, that, yeah, I, I agree with you, DT. She's, she's, he's about uh, 17, 16, 17 years older from what I understand than her. He's in his early 50s. She's in her mid to late 30s. Um, but, yeah, she she definitely comes. Undertaker's been married three times, but I think he got it right this time. Uh, they, they, they're they kind of almost cute together. They look like they, they, they belong together. They've been together for a while now. And I think uh, they'll be married to the, to the end of time. I think that uh, this is it for him. And she does. She, she generally uh, loves him and cares about him. And they're, they're a good couple. Uh, you can tell that they are, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, Darren, I don't, you know, with, as far as Goldberg, it showed the absolute obsession and dedication and the crazy hard work that that guy put in just to have a handful of matches. That's gave me added respect to see all of everything that he did behind the scenes. Then I see it, what Undertaker has gone through. And, you know, when he had uh, some matches that he just, you know, that one match where he walked to the back and uh, uh, Triple H just hugged him and started crying. You know, even Undertaker admits that he lost confidence in his matches and he was going to have a match, I think, with Bray Wyatt at Mania. And he was in the back, and he says that to this day he gives Triple H so much credit because Triple H walked up to him, and they have it on film, and Triple H is like, you know, you're the fucking Undertaker. You know, you're one of the greatest of all time and gave him some of that confidence. And, you know, you see what you come across with part one is, you know, they show his debut in 90, but what they do is they pick up, you know, maybe seven, eight years ago, they pick up where he could still do it, but then he started losing confidence. And then he regained it again, but then he got knocked out from Lesnar, and then he had the match with Roman Reigns. And we all remember, and, you know, when we're at the very end, when they show him sitting, like, on his couches or something, and he's watching the match against Roman Reigns for the first time, and he can't lift his leg. I mean, how many of you for the last year or two that I have focused on Undertaker when he's on his feet, he still looks fabulous. The minute he has to go off his feet, that's where the problems come in. When you see that spot with Roman Reigns, that's not Roman Reigns not being able to pick him up. That's Undertaker not being able to push himself off so un- so Reigns could pick him up. And you see Undertaker, he's fucking embarrassed. It felt so bad. And you know what? I have a, a little bit more appreciation for Roman Reigns because you see those private conversations 
and you see Roman Reigns really did care because that match was supposed to be his last. That was his swan song. You know, it was but, supposed to be, and here we are three years later. You know, and he's still here. But, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. they're gonna do four more parts. They averaged if they're the same length. We got four more hours of this. I I can't wait, man. I can't I, imagine how much they got a lot in on part one. Yeah. Like you know, I, I'm wondering how much behind the scenes and how much home footage and other things. I wonder what they're gonna show all this, yeah. all this time. Yeah, everyone out there, you know, the surgery stuff might be a little bit rough when they see you drilling into the fucking hip socket, you know, that, 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 uh, but, um, you know, if you could get past that, you know, it's fabulous. When you see that, what left, what I was left with was when you see that older footage with him and Jericho and him and even Triple H and others, you realize how much they followed him behind the scenes and he didn't balk at it. You know what I mean? Like they have him out of his element for years and years and years and years and years. And it wasn't just from the hotel to the arena, back to the hotel. Like he just interacted with everybody behind the scenes, like a regular guy, even brought up, you know, that he never planned, like looked at himself being a locker room leader Go out of your way to see it. Definitely. So with that said, we went a little over time today. So I know some of you out there, uh, it's going to take probably a little while for everything to get processed tonight. But any final comments before we go? No, just uh, tune in tomorrow night for, uh, if you're not on Patreon, sign up. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Uh, you can sign up today, tomorrow, whatever. Join us at 8.15 tomorrow for Castle Chronicles and... If you want to follow me on Twitter, if you don't already, it's Kev Z as in Zorro Castle. So yeah. uh, I always think of Zeus. Yeah, Z Gangster. It's for Zubaz, the old school pants. Oh, okay. Too. I always thought of Z Gangster <laughs> when Zeus was Z Gangster. So it's like Z yeah. Gangster, Z Castle. Yeah, Kev Z Castle on Twitter and follow me if you can. And that's it. No, of course, we have a big, uh, we had a, a good recap uh, that'll be, I guess, spliced into tonight, right? From last night. Oh, no. Last night's been online since yesterday. Oh, no, for people who didn't get to hear it. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's online already. In fact, you know, for those that want to go check this out, I'll leave everybody with this little visual. You can check it out later if you want. You know, we know Eric Rowan, and I might as well just throw it out there. Eric Rowan is one of the ones who got released. And this guy that makes some of the masks and some of the, you know, the costumes for WWE, this guy by the name of Jason Baker, he actually posted online, which was, I thought, fabulous, he actually made a custom mask for Eric Rowan for Re WrestleMania 32, and he was inspired by the from the Bride of Frankenstein. And he posted this online, and for people that are looking at the video right now, that actually was supposed to be for Eric Rowan for WrestleMania, and WWE said no to it. And you see it lights up. I mean, it's just really, like, whacked out. I mean, it's it's cool. It looks really fucking cool. Um, you know, I don't know what the outlet part of the back of it was supposed to be, but, you know, it, to me, it just looked really, really cool. And the guy was a little offended that uh, WWE never bothered to, uh, 
you know, actually go with it. So, you know, it just makes you wonder, you know, what other things at WWE, that, that looks like it took a crazy amount of work and uh, WWE did not go with it. So, yeah, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. All right, Kev, I will talk All to right. you tomorrow for Castle Chronicles. Okay. Thanks, right. everybody. Take it easy. Okay. Thanks, DT. Peace. All right, later. All right, everybody, I am out of here because uh, I got a little bit of editing to do and put stuff online, but I want to thank you all for tuning in as always. And uh, as you saw, we got into all the super chat questions. Wednesday, a little bit easier because it's mostly AEW and NXT. And I'm going to re remind everyone, prepare you. Wednesday, I will brag a little bit because, you know, last week, AEW, what was their rating? 732,000 viewers. What did I predict? 731. So we'll have fun on Wednesday. Got a lot of things to get into. And uh, everyone, again, I don't care where you live. I don't care if you're five minutes away or 5,000 miles away. Stay strong with this. Seems like the worst is over. You know, just keep being careful and don't listen to these fucks out there that are saying, oh, we're going to go back to what we were six weeks ago if we let everybody back. No, six weeks ago, nobody was using masks. Six weeks ago, nobody was social distancing. Six weeks ago, nobody understood how serious this was. I think we all learned a boatload about this virus in the last six weeks. I social distance for people out of respect. I spray my office with Lysol after every time someone leaves out of respect. Nobody gets offended by it. So everyone, be strong. Hopefully the worst is over with. Maybe in a month or two, we start seeing some crowds coming back to some wrestling. I definitely see that happening. And um, I'm still holding out hope that AEW possibly allows the friends and the family of the wrestlers and the workers in the building to appear for their pay-per-view May 23rd, I believe it is. So don't count that out. Nobody's talking about that, but I think it's going to happen. I think not for the open public, but for the family and friends of the wrestlers, the building, the people working there, everybody will get a test, rapid test. They'll be checking for temperature and I think we will have some type of a crowd for that event. WWE, I think, is going to take a little bit longer, you know, because of, you know, the publicly traded company. And I talked yesterday about why they were alternating between a live match and a pre-recorded match for Money in the Bank. So, um, yeah, Brandon, you know, I totally respect you. You think the worst is not over. I totally get it. But, um, you know, there there have been a lot of other catchy illnesses, measles and other things that, you know, if somebody has something, you stay away. Sure, you know, some people don't have any symptoms yet and could have the virus. Well, I look at it like sex. If I'm wearing a condom and my significant other has got birth control and I pull out, chances of her getting pregnant is slim to none. If I'm wearing a fucking mask and someone else is six feet away from me wearing a fucking mask, if that person sneezes, 
I fucking jet out of there. But if that person doesn't cough, cough or sneeze in my face, and that person's wearing a mask, and I'm wearing a mask, and we're six feet away from each other, and I'm in a room that was sprayed with Lysol, if it's that contagious, then we should never fucking leave our houses ever again. That's how I look at it. So I think we got to, you know, be careful, be smart, and, you know, Stay away. If you're very old or you got health issues, stay home for a little bit longer. But, um, hey, bottom line is none of us want to be in this situation. Everybody's affected differently, financially, physically, emotionally. But I'll tell you, when I saw my mom yesterday for Mother's Day, felt fucking good. And I'm going to see her again later this week. So, all right, I'm rambling. And... I'm out of here. So I will catch you all again right here on Wednesday for Wednesday Night Dynamite. If you enjoyed the show tonight, hit the like button. It'll give it as a recommendation for others to tune in. If you enjoy the channel, please subscribe. On our way to 11,000, the Donzilla Army, strong. And uh, we'll see how soon we can get to 15,000. Quicker we get to 15,000, the quicker mission I return with another goofy food challenge. Um, we'll have fun, everybody. So, all right, be well. Much love as always. And I'll catch you all Wednesday for Wednesday Night Dynamite. Ciao. Son, oh my. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. Son, oh my. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? Get the fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don, oh You can have fun. You really are. <laughs> This weekend at Kohl's, take an extra 15% off. Save on men's and women's denim. Get Under Armour shoes for the family, $59.99 and under. And pick up a Power XL air fryer, just $84.99. Plus, take an extra $10 off your back-to-school purchase of $50 or more. Plus, store drive up. And get a little more for your wallet with Kohl's Cash. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles, 15% off with promo code Notebook and August 16th. Under Armour offers and coupons do not apply. 10 off 50 with promo code BTS10 and August 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com.